Welcome back to the solo show, everybody. That's right. Cody is gone once again. It is just me, your so host. I'm known it. I'm <laughs> Oh, hey now, hey, don't, <laughs> what do you think you're fucking doing? <laughs> it's my I give you, show I give now. You, I give you the reins for one week and you think you run this bitch? Uh-uh, not after, so fast, my friend. After the ratings went through the roof, after the reviews came in, <laughs> five stars, it is officially the solo show. Uh, so, Cody, get out of here. It's mine now. Mine now. Well, I don't know about all that. Seth, uh, one thing that I thought was made abundantly clear, I don't give a fuck what the listeners say, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't care how good the ratings were. And by the way, they were good uh, last week for episode 108, which was the solo show, of course. If you haven't uh, seen or listened, I should say, to that episode, go back. uh, Listen to Seth doing his thing last week. It was good stuff. Uh, Critics were raving. They said such things as, why the fuck do they need the other guy? And (laughs) this was so much better on my time. Um, (laughs) But uh, those critics can suck dicks. I am back. And there's going to be, we're getting back into... The nonsense. Basically, Seth used all the time last week to talk about things that people give a shit about, <laughs> and I'm here. I'm here to add. <laughs> I, last week was all thriller, no filler, and uh, I'm back to provide the filler. So, uh, you're welcome, America. That's what I say. <laughs> Cody Michael's back in the saddle. I, I should, true. and I, you alluded to it last week. Um, I was stuck in Las Vegas. I wanted to be on the show last week. I was stuck in the airport in Las Vegas. For the better part of a day, um, trying to get home, and and I, I am now back home in Bend, Oregon, but uh, that was quite the fucking experience in Vegas. It almost made me hate Vegas, almost. Mm. It, it had to be a terrible experience if that was the case. But yeah, a lot of was, positive memories in Vegas. You think? I, a lot of positive memories and a lot of ones I'm not quite sure about. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I am I am back now. And thank God I'm back because we got a fuckload of news to talk about, uh, especially coming out of the D23 event this past weekend. Uh, Disney announced basically fucking everything. And um, outside of Disney, too, like pretty much every major franchise had big news this last week. And uh, we're going to talk about all that today and, and, of course, finish the show with our new release exam getting into the month of September after a, I think Seth, a surprisingly good August. Would you agree? Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun movies. I, I looked at my list the other day and there are, th- there are about three movies I saw in August. Not all of them were released in August, but there's three movies I saw in August. I made my top 10 list. So That's very wild. happy to see and that. Yeah. We shit on it bad going into August. Uh, I remember doing uh, the exam last month and what's this like, we uh, stuff. What do you mean? We, we both did. Don't make me pull <laughs> audio. <laughs> So we're gonna we're get into the September films coming out. Um, some 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 pretty big hitters coming out. Uh, I'm excited to get into that, and uh, of course all the other fun stuff that that you have come to expect on our show. Always those words I, I dread saying. <laughs> Seth, you said you brought something to open with. Do you want to set it up? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna do it last week, but uh, of course someone had to no show the SoCo show, mm-hmm. so I felt like I, I needed to wait for you for this one, but. This is uh so as we all know I I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan uh, whether it's you know it's it's something I'm ashamed of or proud of I don't know but I'm a wrestling fan and the wrestling community especially online is very interesting and there there's some characters out there one of which though has risen to fame uh, pretty quickly and recently uh, it's Superhuman or it's spelled H U M M A N and who Superhuman is he's a a self-proclaimed stuntman and pro wrestling fan who likes to do 
wrestling moves, sometimes with his good friend Paul, but mostly him, uh, where he will do wrestling moves to objects such as uh, flower pots and light tubes and Legos and my favorite uh, microwaves. And uh, Superhuman has has his own little catchphrase that he does at the beginning of 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 his videos. And he he's 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 a stuntman. He's a professional stuntman who likes to put his body uh, in 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 the way of danger for our entertainment. So I wanted to bring Superhuman to the show. At least the audio for you guys. You can check out the video. Uh, but I wanted to to bring Superhuman. Uh, to you guys for for enjoyment. Uh, don't try this at home, and I hope you like it. Whoop whoop. <laughs> I I have I have this pulled up. I have not seen this. I'm watching it for the first time, okay. and uh, to set up the visual, I'm looking at a very strange looking man, <laughs> um, and then another guy is laying on a chair, maybe, and he's got a bunch of either sticks or barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> the option is B, Alex. Okay, it's it's barbed wire laying on the chest. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I'm sure it's going to be wild. So I, I'm going to play this here. Uh, link in the description box if you want to watch this for yourself. This is Supreme Machine Show today with your full full bunch of barbed wire and paws. This is Paul Jones and Jay Let's go try this at home, man. I hope you like it. Whoop whoop. Fuck this shit! Oh, oh my god, my fucking god! Ah! They're all like this is a lot to take in. There's it is a lot to take in. There are dozens of videos of him doing that same exact thing where he goes. So all this, if you didn't understand it, because it's hard to understand, it took me like twenty views of these to to understand what he's saying. He said, "This is superhuman TV show." I'm with. Sometimes he's just by himself, so he says, "I'm gonna do a flip onto this microwave." (laughs) Or he'll go, or he'll be, that was his good friend, Paul, he was, he was uh, jumping onto. And uh, so he said, I, I'm going to jump onto, my, I'm going to do a flip onto my good friend, Paul. He goes, this is for all my gigolos and gigolettes, <laughs> which is a reference to the insane clown posse. They, they're the gigolos or whatever. What That's is it, what the 2003? Jesus. No, this is, this, a lot of this just happened last week, but uh, uh, this is for all the gigolos and gigolettes. Don't try this at home and I ho- hope you like it. <laughs> Whoop whoop! And, what the fuck? And then he takes his shirt off and yells "fuck this shit!" and then does what he's about to do. And almost all of them end with him like yelling, and then it abruptly cuts off. So he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it again for the folks at home. And also, I just I need to see if I can pick out what he's saying this time. <laughs> this is your BMW show today with your football bunch of Bob Barr and Paul. This is Paul Jones and Jay Let's go try this at home, man. I hope you like it. Whoop whoop. Ah, 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 fuck this shit! Oh, oh my god, my fucking ah. <laughs> It's so much more funny when you do know what he's saying. Oh my god, it's amazing. And there's a bunch of those videos. So like all of, he does the same thing in almost all of them, where he you know does that whole spiel and then jumps and hurts himself and then goes ah, roughly cuts. And wow. I've watched so many of them, and it makes me laugh every time. Some of them he really does get hurt. Like, he did a, uh, his good friend Paul hit him, hit him with the steel chair with uh, fluorescent light tubes taped to it, and his back got all scratched up and stuff. Oh, and geez. that one, he screams bloody murder. He goes, ah! <laughs> And then the video cuts <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, Superhuman. We're going to have to do a, a binge of these when, uh, when, we're, when I'm in Ben next week. Oh, I cannot wait. Uh, superhuman vids. 
Um, I, I don't even have a snappy way of closing that. Just, you should hit the link in the description box for sure and check out Superhuman on YouTube. Um, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And that's, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, buddy. Um, let's jump into the show. As we said, a lot of movie news. We're going to get to the new release exam. We do have some TV news as well, but first, we got to start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Iron Sheik this week, actually last week, simply says, for fuck's sake, go fuck yourself. <laughs> there you have it. For fuck's sake, people. <laughs> I tried to come up with a way to tie it back to Superhuman. Couldn't do it. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. There you go. <laughs> whoop whoop. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our sponsors and... Um, I, I don't know if it's us, Seth, but I'd be worried about Audible getting somebody pregnant um, <laughs> because uh, two out of our three sponsors have babies. They are, of course, Mike's Wood, which you can find at Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wet if you want to get your wood worked. <sighs> and a uh, new baby to the SoCo family, uh, Mathis Designs, our good friend Steph, uh, has a new little one. So congrats to them. Uh, if you want to check out Mathis Designs, you can do so on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Give her some money. She's got a baby. There you go. Got to pay that little kid's uh, tuition and shit. Um, yeah. And if you work at audibletrial.com slash SoCo, you better start wearing condoms. Uh, 30 days and your first book for free <laughs> if you hit the link in the description. You also get condoms for free. <laughs> if you need free condoms, just go to Planned Parenthood. That's what they'll... Uh, that's what they'll do for you. So those and are I our sponsors. It, I said it last week when I was doing the ads. Mike, get back to Wooden. Yeah, get back to Wooden, buddy. Uh, he sent us a Snapchat a bit ago of him watching The Greatest Showman with his child, uh, which is a dope uh, movie, but he needs to get back to working that wood. Uh, Greatest Showman sucks. Hey, careful. <laughs> it's going to end up on your list, bub. <laughs> okay, um, thanks, Logan fucking Wolverine. <laughs> Those are the sponsors, and we, we got to roll things forward because we got a lot to talk about today. Let's start in the world of TV. That's what she said. TV. Seth, in the most exciting news potentially of, of the day, we got a release date for Big Mouth, and it's, uh, is it the third season? I think so, yes. I think it's going to be the third season. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. That's right. We got an announcement a couple weeks ago that they're 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 signed on for six seasons of Big Mouth with Netflix. Uh, the third one will be dropping on October the fourth. So uh, set a reminder in your calendar, take the day off, and uh, binge watch Big Mouth. If you haven't watched Big Mouth, it's a very high recommendation uh, from both the so host and uh, Cora the Explorer. Almost forgot um, that that was my name this month, but. Um, Highly recommend Big Mouth. Season 3 drops October 4th, so keep an eye out for that. Also, uh, Netflix news. This comes from the stand-up comedy world. Um, today, actually, at, we're recording the podcast on Monday the 26th. Um, Dave Chappelle has a new special dropping on Netflix. It's called Sticks and Stones, and you can watch it right now. I'm going to be watching it tonight after we get done with this recording. Uh, I'm really enjoying the new stuff that Chappelle has been coming out with. Did you watch his most recent special, Seth? No. Well, you should. Uh, I would highly recommend it. It's, um, you know, you, you see these guys. Sandler Sandler has done it. A couple other comics have done it. Uh, we're hoping Eddie Murphy's going to do it soon. 
um, you know, these guys that were really popular when they were younger, they age a little bit, they get a little bit more thoughtful and they come with, with something a little bit deeper in terms of their stand up. Dave Chappelle has, has fully made that transition and I really enjoyed his last couple specials and, um, so far uh, hearing good things about sticks and stones. So if you want to check that out, it's available on Netflix. Uh, also, if you like stand-up comedy and you find yourself in the Central Oregon area, uh, I'll be on stage at Seven Nightclub uh, on Friday, September 6th, and in Redmond, Oregon on Sunday, September 8th. So come check me out. I would be shocked if someone in Oregon is listening to our show, but if you are, <laughs> come see your boy tell some jokes. Um, I'll be there, too, if you want to see me. You know, the guy who uh, ran the show last week all by himself to killer reviews. So you can come get my <laughs> autograph. That's right. Meet meet and greet with the so host and... Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe I'll make you laugh. Um, but uh, <laughs> Seth will be in attendance at both those shows next week. It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, and uh, our other good buddy... At Jared Buckendall. ...is going to be in attendance as well. So um, we should have put together like a SoCo Fest. And people yeah. could come meet and greet us. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would be just the, the longest lines ever ever uh, that have ever been seen in Oregon. There would be a line <laughs> from Ben to Portland for people trying to meet us. They'd be longer than um, the lines to get these Popeye's chicken sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten one of those? I know you have a Popeye's in town. I have not. Uh, I actually just got Chick-fil-A tonight because they're better. So, Well, I think you ought to try the Popeye's. I'm just saying, people are saying it's best. I don't know. And I don't have well, a Popeye's in my town. So. People are wrong. Okay. Fuck the people. That's the message from Seth this week. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to wrap up TV news. Um but we are going to get into, uh, I think this will be a fun Mambo number five, and it comes with another piece of news, but we'll, we'll shift over into Mambo now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So this, uh, I, I think this came out of the D23 last week, but we got news of a, a series being revived that is a classic, and I think a lot of our listeners will remember watching it as kids. Seth, you want to share this news? Yeah, uh, Lizzie McGuire will be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, not a show I watched, but uh, Lizzie McGuire, that's going to be with her. It's She's returning. Hillary Duff uh, is returning as Lizzie McGuire in her 30s living in New York. And the, the it's supposed to follow the life of a millennial, millennial Lizzie McGuire living in New York in her 30s. I'm not always for reboots, but I think this could be cool. Like, I would give it a shot. And it, you said it's on Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah, so there, there's going to be some production value to it. And I've always liked Hilary Duff, even in her, her mediocre you know side things like Cinderella Story and whatever another one is. Um, <laughs> and so I, I may check this out. And I am fully, by the way, on board. We're going to talk in a second about why. I'm fully on board for Disney+. Plus. Like, you can't not get it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But for now, what we're going to do is we're going to count down our top five uh, it, this is our wish list, our, our top five wish list items for revived shows. Uh, and specifically, we're looking for shows where uh, the main character will have aged. Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah, like the kid shows. Uh, so it could be cartoons, live action, but shows that we watch when we are kids where they have aged. Mm-hmm. We saw this recently with uh, Rocco's Modern Life. I did go ahead and watch that, by the way, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they they had a twenty year time gap that they explained away, mm-hmm. and uh, and had a pretty pretty good show. So that's the idea: is there's some time gap between where we left these characters and where we're picking them up. They can be an- animated or live action, and I suspect we'll have a little bit of lap o- overlap on these. But I know I've got a couple that you won't. So uh, let's go ahead and, and jump into it. Number five. 
All right, so for me at number five, this is one I, I think you may have too because I know we were both big Nick kids growing up. I have Doug on my list. I do not have Doug on my list. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Doug Funny, of course. Uh, I don't know when he, how old he was. I don't know if it was middle school or high school. Uh, it seems maybe more high school now that I think about it. Uh, he was a toddler. But I would love to see, say again? He was a toddler. Oh, okay, yeah. He was a toddler. <laughs> uh, he had a toddler haircut. Toddler haircut. That's true. I feel his pain. Uh, but I, I want to see Doug uh, all grown up. He's probably an accountant. Uh, Patty Mayonnaise, I don't know what she's doing. but uh, And then Roger is probably dealing with you know uh, racial inequity because he's the only green guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Skeeter, who is uh, you know definitely not black, um, but blue instead. <laughs> and all those other characters. I just think that would be a fun one to age up. And it would kind of be like a, probably like a workplace comedy uh you know where doug has you know lives a does a boring like chandler bing job and there's some wacky characters at his work and then he's also reconnecting with his old buddies i don't know but um it would it would be interesting to see uh what happened to doug i just i want to know what ended up happening to doug he's probably like a roadie for the for the beats (laughs) i forgot about a name allowance (laughs) (laughs) or he's or he's working on the live action adaptation of quail man there you go. Ooh, that I would definitely watch. <laughs> uh, my number five is a show with the theme song sung by Buster Rhymes. And that would be, uh, or no, Coolio. Sorry, Coolio. And that would be Keenan and Kill. Ah, oh, here it goes. Um, <laughs> this is an honorable <laughs> mention for me. I, I figured this is one you might have. Yeah, so Keenan and Kill. I want to see basically same style of show, but now like they've kind of followed the real life project projectory uh of of them so like keenan has gone and and been like a big star on like you could even do snl i guess or you could do like adult all that or something i don't know if you kept it in the nickelodeon universe and then uh kel has uh gone and been a cast man on cast uh dancing with the stars so uh that <laughs> but they're but they're and they're like maybe there's a rift in their friendship but they you know trying to to get back together and be friends or whatever but uh, you know, just you can keep it the same. Have him still be, you know, weird. Keenan can get into his uh, his his plots to get more airtime on Saturday Night Live, and Kel could be looking for orange soda. So, I like this, and we could get a reprise of the "I'm a Dude" song, which is one there of my favorite go. things. Well, that's from all that. Is that from all? I don't fucking I I cannot tell the difference between all that and and Keenan Kel, no. and that may sound very stupid, but I don't think I watched enough of yeah. Keenan and Kel to really understand what it was. To be honest with you, well, Keenan and Kel is kind of like a fictionalized version of their life. Uh, well, just fictionalized version of a life, and all that was uh, sketches. So I don't, I don't know if, <laughs> how hard it is to tell the difference of those. Well, fuck me then. I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> Number four. Okay, this one I feel confident that you're going to have on your list. How about Hey Arnold? I don't. Oh, fuck. Okay, well then I don't think we're going to have any in common. But I thought you'd have one of those two. Uh, hey Arnold, now they did have a movie where they wrapped, uh, I think they kind of wrapped everything up. He was looking for his folks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is mainly because I want to know whether or not he grows into his fucking head. <laughs> and, um, you know, what Gerald ends up going to do. And uh, that porky kid, what's that little fat kid's name? Um, <laughs> ah, I can't remember. But I bet Helga I Hel- Helga inherits the Big Bob's Beepers empire and becomes very wealthy. 
and uh, somehow finds her way back into Arnold's life, I suppose. Um, and I bet Arnold, because I, I have to assume he's building all that crazy tech in his room. So I want to know what he ends up building later on in life when he's got like the internet and shit. Um, but hey, Arnold, I'm just kind of curious as to what happens to that fucking kid. I don't know. I I liked Hey, hey Arnold, but I always thought it was just kind of kind of boringish a little bit. Like I enjoyed it, but it never was like exciting to me. So, I mean, I guess if you you if you have that type of deep thoughts about Arnold, I, I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, my number four is Jimmy Neutron. So Ooh, that's a good one. So he, because he's he's uh, you know obviously very smart, but more than likely that type of brain power gets him a job at like Apple or Google or something. So he is he's like working he's working like a you know nine to five at at one of those big companies. But he knows he really has all this brain power and this potential behind him. But he's kind of just stuck working in a field that you know there's all kinds of other smart people. So he's kind of he's trying to prove himself, make his own creations, and solve stuff and. You know, he's got this fucking robot dog. Everyone's like, hey, get this dog out of here. And he's like, come on, it's super advanced. It's a dog. It, has, it can fly. And these people are like, no, he's annoying. And so he's just working through all these <laughs> working through all these these problems of the real world that uh, having a big brain and, and think power can't solve. I would love to I, I actually would love to see like. And a, a grown up Jimmy Neutron with the same exact formula, though, where like he has some sort of weird social problem that he's going to solve by making a crazy invention. Mm-hmm. I would totally like it. He's got like a some sort of tool that makes him do well on dates, like a voice changer or something or a tall. It makes him <laughs> taller or something, you know, some dumb shit like that. I think that would be funny to update for like the millennial 25 year old um, living in 2019. I think that'd be entertaining. Well, I feel like Sheen definitely ended up in jail for doing some inappropriate touching. And uh, <laughs> Carl is probably working at Carl's Jr. So uh, I think Jimmy Neutron is probably the only one that's halfway succeeded. That's fair. Number three. Okay, so at number three, I know you didn't watch this because you weren't a Disney kid, but I have That's So Raven at number three. Oh, that was my number one. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's not. Not on my list. <laughs> uh, Raven Baxter was a great character, and they did a lot with her. Um, it was kind of Fresh Prince-esque in that they really tried to to teach lessons, like actual lessons in that show. Like There was a lot of social commentary and things like that, and... She's psychic. That's the whole that's the whole um conceit of the show. So a psychic, you know, millennial twenty eight to thirty year old, I think would be pretty entertaining. Um, you know, she can go about I basically like it's the Mindy project, but she's psychic, you know, and so she could get into all sorts of wacky situations and stuff. And don't count this out. Like this could very well be a thing that Disney Plus ends up making if they haven't Probably. announced it. Because I think it would be a pretty I think people would go back to it and watch it and um, it lends itself to another few seasons of of good stuff. And um, Raven Simone is, has has stayed in the forefront. She's fucking loaded. She's worth a mm-hmm. shitload of money because she's got like a fashion line or something. Yeah. And then um, I think she was on the View for a minute, but I might be mistaken her for someone else. But she's pretty opinionated now, so there would be a lot of social commentary on there. And I, that one, like you know, I, I, I want to know whether or not Arnold grows into his head. But I think that's so Raven could actually be a good show. <laughs> Um, I didn't watch that, so I can't really comment, but, uh, it sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, it was good. I'm kidding, it sounds fine. Um, my number three is another cartoon, Fairly Odd Parents. See, but... this was an honorable mention for me. I'm excited to see, hear where you go with it. So, yeah, no, Timmy's, Timmy's now old, right? And I don't think kids can have 
got I think after a certain point they like disappear or whatever. I think I remember that being a part of the show. Like, yeah, and and they forget about him. Yeah, yeah. So, but in this, Timmy still remembers them. He's kind of like Crocker. Like that that whole cycle comes back around where mm. Crocker kind of remembered it. Uh, Timmy remembers him, um, but Timmy's kid has him. And so mm. they're the Wanda and Cosmo. They're still pretty like sad about having to leave Timmy because like they were his favorite kid, or he was their favorite kid. And and Timmy wants them to be his his godparents again, but they still try and help him out when they can. But he's like kind of depressed, and he watches a lot of internet porn and and uh, <laughs> goes to a lot of movies, and um, you know like <laughs> eats a lot of ice cream. And- <laughs> As a podcast with his dumbass friend. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, like that that's where I'd like to see that. Like where he he is kinda like sad, but he's searching for it and stuff and and uh they're still around but they can't they can't really talk they can't talk to him at all. Maybe they try and communicate through him to him, like through being different objects and stuff, and he can kind of like, Oh, maybe that's them. And then may, maybe it eventually leads to them breaking the rules and they talk to him or whatever. But um yeah, fairly odd parents. Did you watch the um, Drake Bell I did thing? not. I never <laughs> I, saw it either. I did think about that, though, when I was when I was uh, creating this list. I'm like, I don't know if they've done this or not. But I remember that Drake wore the pink hat and all that stuff. And I'm like, uh, maybe, it ta- maybe it taints Fairly Loud Parents for people. I don't know. but I wouldn't bet on it being very good. but Probably not. Drake Bell um, hasn't done a lot of uh, amazing things other than the thing he started his career with. What? What about superhero movie? <laughs> that movie's amazing. Number two. Okay, I I would. You might not even remember that the show existed. Uh, it was also a Disney show, and it was one of my favorite shows for a while. The famous Jet Jackson. Do you remember this? Uh, only just from you talking about it. Yeah. Okay. So the famous Jet Jackson was about this kid who was an actor, and he acted as a kid spy on a TV show. And so the show was about him having his acting life and being famous, but then also like trying to go to high school. And um, mostly what I remember, I mean, the obvious shenanigans ensue in the show. And then mostly what I remember is the movie that they put out that I think ended the show. I think it was after the end of the show where for some reason he had to actually become a spy. And also there was his character in his show was an actual guy and they swapped places. So the actor had to go be an actual spy, and the actual spy had to go be in high school. And that was the movie. And mm-hmm. I want to see them grown up. So I want to see, like, um, the two of them, uh, tr- like, being the same guy and, like, switching places back and forth, depending on what mission it is. And, and so it's like a spy, like a Mission Impossible, the show type thing, where there's, like, a weekly mission. But then, actually, you know what it's like? is Chuck. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's him trying to live his everyday life, but then also him being a spy. I think that would be pretty dope. Uh, problem with that though, is the main character that, uh, the main actor who played Jet Jackson is, is super dead now. So oh. they would need, they would need to recast Jet Jackson, but I, I would, I would love that just upgraded to an older audience. Um, and he was playing as probably like a 17 year old anyway, so they wouldn't need to advance him too far in age, but I would love to see that world, uh, revisited. Cause that was a dope show. Uh, my number two, the last cartoon I have, and I think it's the the the, the right answer when it comes to bringing back a cartoon if you're going to advance it, and that's Danny Phantom. Um, Dude, yes. Have Danny Phantom be older now. He's mastered his powers, but now even more powerful forces are coming out uh, from the ghost world, 
and are going to go to battle with with Danny Phantom. And uh, it's basically like Avengers. I mean, he's a, he's a superhero at this point, and he you know he's now, but now he's you know working. Uh, he's 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 trying to live an adult life and and still hide that he's you know this ghost superhero and he's trying to balance now he's got a kid now he's got a wife and and a kid and he's trying to keep that all I guess his wife probably knows but his kid his kid doesn't know and his kid has some powers he's developing and all that stuff uh, I think it'd just be cool just to bring it back this is one you could easily just you know add twenty years to and then poof it all works works itself out man. That is that you're right. That is the right answer. I would fucking <laughs> watch that show. I would also watch it as a live action, like gritty Daredevil style Netflix show. You can make it scary. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I'd watch the hell out of that. Number one. Ooh ooh ooh. No, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe 101 is the correct answer to this show. I want to know where all of the kids from what was it Pacific Coast High. Yeah, PCH. Um, PCH. I want to know where all of them are. Uh, I want to know what Zoe's doing and all the other folks. Um, I'm pretty sure at least one of those main characters is dead now, the actor. <laughs> um, but bring back the ones that aren't. Victoria Justice can come back and do her character. Um, yeah, that's. I don't need to explain myself. Zoe 101 is the right answer. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if there's much of a... I mean, we, we know it. We know what Jamie Lynn Spears has been up to, um, so I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it'd just be them living their lives. They just went to school. That was the whole premise. Well, yeah, but they all you know went their separate ways, probably, and then they yeah. you know maybe they all come back for their fifteen year reunion or ten year reunion or something, and and you know maybe you know crazy stuff happens. I don't know. So <laughs> what, what, what? Why? I shouldn't need to. I shouldn't need to explain myself. It's Zoe one hundred and one. All right. Well, whatever you say. Um, mine also has my number one has uh, some some <laughs> fun uh, vocal uh, <laughs> vocal uh, cues, I guess. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh, Remember that one? <laughs> you know what? They tried this. No. No, they didn't. I mean, it was like a fake ass. You know, yeah. same same premise. But you're talking about Ned's the classified school survivor, sure, right? Sure am. Um, Ned's a classified school survival guide. What do you mean they tried it? There was a show. I, w- I want to see if I can find it. Because um, I know the main the guy who played Ned, Devin Orkheiser, um, did a online thing about like life survival guide or whatever. Um, but it was dumb. It was like him doing inspirational quotes and stuff. And I know they were gonna try and do high school survival guide like right after the original one ended, but they just didn't. I didn't end up happening. There, there, there was a show. It didn't last long, um, and it was on like ABC or some shit. This was like four years ago, no. and it was some sort of like guide to life type show. Uh-huh. And um, I, I'm, I never watched it. I'm just assuming it was trying to be in the vein of of Ned's. Um, but it would it would be so much better to have Ned and Cookie and Moe's back doing Hell yeah. the actual thing. Well, and Susie Crabgrass, of course. Oof. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which is funny because she's like, <laughs> she's easily the most famous one now out of all of them. Like she's, she's been in Walking Dead, and I think she's gonna be in a Marvel show or movie too here coming up. I think that I just right? saw that casting for something. Um, so she's she's doing some good work, but uh, yeah, uh, the, you could do a light again life survival guide now, but instead of <laughs> you, you could have 
him like they like they make it for adults where it's like uh, before you go to bed after a night of drinking, make sure you have a water by your side, <laughs> you know, shit like that <laughs> and like have them out, have them out partying. And now like Ned and, and uh, uh, Moe's are because they, they ended up together at the end of the show. So they spoilers. And uh, so <laughs> and so like you could have that have Ned being like, if you piss off your wife, make sure you have plenty of chocolates or whatever, like shit like that. Um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just love those. I, I love that show a lot. But the, kind, at least this is kind of like your Zoe 101 thing. But at least I have you know some explanation behind it. <laughs> I, you needed one. I didn't. Uh, the show that I was thinking <laughs> of it's it's called Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving yes. Life. Yep. Yep. And it barely lasted ten seconds. Um, but seems like roughly the same idea. Um, yeah. So until we get Ned's declassified ten years later. Um, look out for Cooper Barrett. It was very swiftly canceled, but um, maybe you can find it. I don't know. So that's our list. These are our wish lists for uh, TV revivals. Uh, time, time forward TV revivals, I guess. What are the shows that you want to be uh, revived? Let us know on Facebook and on Twitter at Soko Show Pod, and uh, we'd be happy to continue the discussion with you. Let us know what some of yours were, and. Um, how wrong our lists were this week uh, for Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. We're going to switch gears here. Number five. We're going to switch gears here from TV over to movies. And we're going to start as is usual by making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... Oof, I'm excited to stretch these muscles again. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> Seth has found a quote from a film. I need to find uh, the film and who said it. What do you got for me? Well, I don't know. We, I know we saw this movie together. I just don't know if you'll remember really anything from it because uh, it wasn't good. But uh, <laughs> so at least that's a hint. Um, the quote is, You know, an aquarium is a submarine for fish. Is is the way you're saying that a hint, or are you trying to no. fuck with me? <laughs> I just did a different voice. You know, an aquarium is a submarine for fish. For well, first of all, that makes total sense to me. Um, <laughs> well, who was? Do you remember who the last person was? I'm pretty sure it was Kristen Wiig, right? Uh huh. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I I I think that we liked this movie, but is it from Ghostbusters? Yeah, we thought it was okay, at least. I'd say most okay. people thought it was bad, but we yeah, thought it was okay. The general consensus was that it was bad, but I, I yeah. remember having a fun time. Okay, so is that then um, uh, Chris Hemsworth? Yep. Okay, cool. Do you remember uh, his name? No, I have no clue. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. And say, I haven't seen a single frame of this movie since we saw it, so. Yeah, I'm going to keep it that way, too, because I, I had fun at it, and I was like, I'm never watching that again, because chances are it's worse than I think. Um, but there's some good stuff in there with um, uh, Kate McKinnon. I really was digging her in this, and uh, mm-hmm. of course you get Melissa McCarthy doing her typical thing. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed that one. But you're right; the, the critics did totally shit on it, and now they've re-rebooted it with the men again. Mm-hmm. Like, well, see, women can't be funny, and they put, and they put the men back in. <laughs> um, that's sarcasm, by the way. Um, to all the ladies that probably don't listen to the show. Well, I, I cut I, I cut that part out. So the, the last thing they heard was you saying women can't be funny. Oh, good, good. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted everyone to to understand about the show. 
Um, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I was nervous about Kristen Wiig because I know there's some stuff in there. Um, like, I think I've seen the Skeleton Twins, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was worried you'd pull from like that and I wouldn't know. But uh, I was glad I was from Ghostbusters. Uh, we have some marine aquariums this week in making the quota. <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, folks. We got a lot of this coming up, and it's going to come at you fast and furious, Tokyo Drift. Let's get into movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. I I would say we've never had this much movie news. Ever. Um, ever. Uh, there's a, a lot. Claim. There's a fucking lot to talk about here. You'll find throughout this section that for some reason every major film franchise decided to have huge news this last week, and uh, one of them that I was most excited about was The Matrix. We got news that one of the Wachowskis is working on another Matrix movie, Matrix Four. And Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are apparently going to be back for a true sequel to the Matrix films. I am, of course, very excited about this. Seth, I suspect you're highly indifferent. You're, you're, you'd be correct. <laughs> I, I think what's going to be interesting about this, because the Matrix was such hot shit in the early aughts. I think this was like 99 to 05 or 06 were the three Matrix movies. And... They were a huge deal for what they were doing technically at that time, and um, Kung Fu was enjoying sort of a renaissance at that time uh, for American audiences. Keanu Reeves was just kind of coming on. It'll be very interesting to see how audience react, how audiences react to a new Matrix film because, you know, uh, Kung Fu is kind of hot right now. Keanu Reeves is certainly hot right now, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about the Matrix now like they did 10 years ago. So it'll be interesting to see if the audience is still around. I personally am and can't wait to see this. But this is going to be a good experiment in terms of what can and can't you reboot or sequel. Uh, has the, is the timing right? Will audiences now respond? Um, will a new generation of fans kind of join? I suspected that they were going to go uh, reboot rather than sequel. But you have to at least be excited that Keanu Reeves, like is, is Keanu Reeves now that you're a, 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 a the fan of him that you are Seth, it, are you even slightly more interested in matrix than you were before now because of the success of John wick? I, I'm more interested in bill and Ted's than I am in, in matrix. <laughs> um, I just hope that John wick four comes out before the matrix four, because uh, if the matrix four sucks, like it probably will. Um, I, I don't want that ruining the, the heat that, that John wick is going to have. So, Mm-hmm. Well, I and I know some of our listeners who have brains will be watching out for Matrix Part <laughs> 4. Uh, it's still a ways off. I, they haven't even started filming it or anything like that. So uh, our podcast will certainly be canceled by the time that that movie comes out. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll keep you up to date uh, on the, the Matrix 4 happenings. But uh, I'm soaked. Uh, anytime they bring back, you know, the creative power and some of the lead actors, uh, it gives me hope. So we, we shall see. Okay, so from something I'm a huge fan of over to something you're a huge fan of, uh, Seth, you had to have been excited by the trailer that came out this weekend for El Camino, which, if you don't know, uh, listeners, is the Breaking Bad movie that's in development that's going to be coming out this fall to Netflix. I'm assuming, Seth, that you've watched this. What what was your Mm -hmm. response to the trailer? I mean, yeah, they don't give you much in this. They just show uh, old Skinny Pete uh, not saying anything to the the cops, and they kind of, you know... uh, 
uh, confirm what you've suspected that Jesse's on the run from the from the cops. Um, probably still driving like a crazy man. Uh, we saw uh, in Need for Speed. You know, he's he's become a very talented driver since his days uh, making meth. <laughs> so, actually, I never saw that movie, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the thing I was most excited about was that we got a release date because they. I, I guess it might have just been a rumor a while back or like some some reports that Netflix had come to a deal but I remember hearing like a, a months ago that they that the movie's gonna come out on on AMC and then Netflix like a couple days later or whatever and uh, I guess it's maybe just Netflix now um, but I I heard this months ago so when people are like oh my god it's happening I'm like I I thought it was <laughs> like I, I just didn't know that there, that it was coming out as soon as it was. But mm-hmm. October eleventh, eleventh. Okay. So one week after Big Mouth season three. There we go. Uh, That's where the can, fourth is coming in. So you can 11th. enjoy Breaking Bad's uh, El Camino is the name of the film. All right, back to Cody stuff. Uh, James Bond's next film. It's the twenty fifth Bond film. Uh, Daniel Craig is of course back as Bond uh, for what we think will be the final time. And we have an official title and release date. Uh, the film is called No Time to Die, which is, you know, a, a quintessentially, you know, uh, James Bond title, um, which, you know, doesn't really mean anything, but is very cool sounding. Uh, April 8th of 2020. So we're about, uh, what, seven, eight months now out from uh from the new james bond film we talked a little while back there's going to be a new 007 in this uh in addition to daniel craig rami malik has joined the cast as uh the bond villain uh, i'm very excited for this but i'm always excited for bond i know you're not as high on bond in general as i am but i know you're a rami malik fan though so mm-hmm. is that uh, I, i'm assuming you're going to get to this on the strength of rami malik uh maybe i i mean i've i've been going and seeing a lot of movies that I you know I haven't seen or I guess it's not much not a lot of movies but that's not as much of a barrier for me now as it as it was like I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw and I hadn't seen a Fast and the Furious since Too Fast Too Furious type of thing so uh, maybe I'll go back and watch I've seen Casino Royale which is great maybe I'll go back and watch the other uh, Craig Bonds and uh, since these are the only ones that really connect so uh, yeah I mean Rami Malek's in it I hope he does well and continues uh, his his ascent at this point so yep best actor winner. Um... And it seems like no signs of slowing down. Uh, Bond villain can be a very rewarding role. Uh, could also go very terribly. We'll see. <laughs> From Bond, let's move into uh, let's move into the world of Star Wars. And with D twenty three, we had a couple of Star Wars announcements um, come out this past week. One of which was, of course, the the second trailer to the Rise of Skywalker, which is Episode nine, comes out this December. And the, I don't want to get into much about what goes on in that trailer because the main thing people are talking about is a potential spoiler that I'm upset that I know about. Um, but I would say this. Uh, if you want to watch the trailer, the best way to watch that trailer is going to be by watching the review and reaction by... At Jared Buckendall. Over on YouTube. <laughs> um, he has a, a very, very nice reaction to that trailer and you're going to want to see it and watch it alongside Jared um, if you haven't yet seen the trailer for the rise of Skywalker, that, that is what I would suggest is go do that. But a lot of developments, um, uh, I would say this, a few major developments, um, from the trailers that have been put out for star Wars, Seth, you've seen them. And I know you understand the gravity of, you know, the potential, 
uh, I'm just going to say spoilers, you know, that have come out in the, in the trailers. I've been a, a, a very much an opponent of trailers. And I think for star Wars, you should just be able to say star Wars nine, come see it. And people will, um, mm-hmm. Do you think that what we're seeing in the trailers for Star Wars is is a really well done misdirect? Do you think that they're giving away too much ahead of time, or or do you think they're showing the right amount of footage? Um, probably between. I'm probably between misdirect and too much. I think that what they show would have been a cool reveal in the movie, but at the same time, I don't think what they showed is actually what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying about, like, Star Wars and I can come see it. But at the same time, that's kind of what... And I thought Avengers did an awesome job of not showing stuff, but that was the kind of, like, so what a lot of people thought with Avengers. But I think there's a there's a disconnect, and I think this is really for any any sort of news that comes out with movies. There's a disconnect between what the normal audience, like, a, what are just the your average person who buys a ticket to go see a movie versus people who go see movies all the time and you know the the, uh, star wars name alone does get a lot of people in the theaters but it also doesn't get everyone like there's people who didn't like the last jedi Mm -hmm. that aren't the person who's like star wars just gets me in the theater and if they see this trailer like oh this is interesting i better go see this you know or it gets a a family you know maybe a, a dad has you know has like a five-year-old and he's like i used to like star wars maybe i'll take my son you know like that that's going to be a lot more like that's going to be your extra like three four hundred million probably the compared to just you know your your regular audience who who's already going or compared to your star wars fans are going to go see it anyway so i think they have to do this stuff unfortunately um but i also think star wars has done this and especially these last two movies they've put stuff in their trailers that makes you think it's going to go one way and it goes a different way so Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right, and they do have to get the everyman in, not not just the people who are psycho about it and are going to go second one. Um, you're you're right about that. I would agree. And and uh, and in the past, for Force Awakens and for the Last Jedi, um, yeah, I had thought they were giving away more than they should have, but then I still was able to enjoy the movie because they went different routes or they used the shots differently than what I expected. But uh, the season for speculation on Star Wars has begun. And we have almost four minutes to weather that storm on the internet of people arguing over what does this mean? What does that mean? And uh, I'm going to try to avoid all that. But um, if you want to watch the new Star Wars trailer, it's all over YouTube right now. Uh, And of course, the best place to watch it is on YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. And uh, another piece of Star Wars news, though, that is is very exciting, at least to me, is that uh, at D23, it was announced that Ewan McGregor is going to be returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi for a series on Disney Plus, which I think in a, in a world where everything is divisive, I think this is the one thing that's not. Everybody is excited for this, Obi-Wan coming back for his show. Um, now, you came late to the prequels. Uh, we, we watched those, Seth, when we were leading up to The Force Awakens, but uh, I do remember you saying that Obi-Wan was a character you enjoyed, so I'm assuming you're going to be on board for this, uh, this, this series of his. Yeah, I mean, if, if I have time to watch all the stuff they put out on this thing, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check <laughs> it out. Good God. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something everyone's wanted and, and I think that they're going to answer some questions that people have had about certain things. Uh, they're especially revolving around Obi-Wan and some of the things he's mentioned about Darth Vader in the past that have gone unanswered so far. I think that this will answer a lot of those questions and kind of show where he was, where he was in between, uh, in between the, the prequel and the, the prequels and the, and the, uh, original trilogies. So. 
was there a sound of a fucking starfighter that just went by you or something? Yeah, I was, I was just setting the mood. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, Obi-Wan, I, I'm excited for this exactly for what you talked about. I, you know, anytime they can fill in some Star Wars gaps, I love that. But also, I can see this as a um, almost a serialized, like, Obi-Wan has to go out and solve some problem kind of thing where it's a new thing every week or or maybe there's some overarching season-long story. But, um, you know, Obi-Wan, during the time between episodes three and four, is very much out on his own doing God knows what. So they could go any number of different directions, and they pretty much don't have any stakes in this because they don't have to tie him back to the main story until he's on Tatooine in episode four. So this could go any number of ways, but I think the reason I'm most excited for it is because Ewan McGregor is fucking perfect as a young Obi-Wan, and it'll be exciting to see him reprise that role and uh, swing around some lightsabers and shit. So uh, I, I joined the rest of the internet in, in being very excited about uh, the Obi-Wan show. It's not even going to start filming until I think next year. So it's going to be a while before we get any of this. Uh, but we did also get a trailer for The Mandalorian, which is going to be starting. Um, it's going to be a day. The episode, the first episode is going to be released on day one of Disney Plus, which is in November. And uh, then I think weekly after that. But we got a trailer for that. I haven't watched this one. Uh, I've been avoiding the Mandalorian trailer, but it's gotten a great reaction from the internet, including at Jared Buckendall. You can see his reaction uh, on YouTube. Did you set? Set? Did you watch the trailer for the Mandalorian? Nope. Yeah. I, so we don't know shit about it, but the internet is loving it and saying that they're very excited about that show. So uh, we'll link to Jared's reaction so you can watch the Mandalorian trailer, and um, you can of course expect that in november so keep an eye out for that a lot of star wars stuff also a lot of marvel stuff uh and i mean a lot of marvel stuff uh (laughs) came out of d23 and we'll get to the biggest news i know people are wondering cody are you going to talk about spider-man i know you have to we're going to give me a fucking second uh because there's a lot of other shit happen at d23 um i'm gonna pull up an article here of all the announcements and i'm just gonna run down run them down i have in front of me a screen screen rant list of every Disney movie and TV series announced at D23. There's a lot of these motherfuckers. I'll link to this in the description box um, so that you can catch it all, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed through them here. Uh, Seth, stop me if there's one you want to go through. From D23, we have announcements for uh, a new film called Raya and the, Lost Dra- the Last Dragon. I don't know what that's all about, but it's going to be written by the screenwriter from Crazy Rich Asians. So I'm assuming it's going to have some sort of Asian swing. It looks like... Um, Aquafina is involved, which of course she is. Um, and then we have, let's see, a new Spider-Man series, uh, which is going to be on Disney Plus, called Spidey and His Amazing Friends. Which <laughs> this is strange to me. I, I'd have to read more detail on this, but it sounds like oh, this is because this is for Disney Junior. They can still use Spider-Man. And it looks like mm-hmm. they have Miles and Gwen Stacy also. But this is very much like a four kids show. Yeah. And um, so we'll get we'll get that on D23. A Phineas and Ferb movie is coming out. Uh, we talked about Lizzie McGuire. There is a, uh, a Muppets show. A short form series called Muppets Now is coming out. That's going to be on D23. Uh, Marvel's Miss Marvel. Not to be confused with Captain Marvel. Uh, I believe this is going to be a, an animated show. Um, no, Kamal- is it live action? It's live action. Yeah, if it's based off of the, I think the most recent Miss Marvel, um, which is you know it's Captain Marvel essentially. But uh, 
yeah, she's, um, oh, she's, is she, what, she's a different, I know she's a different yeah, race. Uh, I, <laughs> I wanted you to guess, but I'll, I'll give it, yeah. I'll give it to you. Uh, she's, pa- she's Pakistani. There we go. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, the fir- first Pakistani uh, superhero. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's live action. Yes. Oh, uh, here's here's something I didn't know. Uh, the character will not only appear in her Disney Plus show, but potentially in MC, MCU movies as well. So yep. she may eventually team up with Brie Larson. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked for this one. Uh, Moon Knight, which is a lesser known MCU comic. And uh, Moon Knight is getting a series on uh, Disney Plus. Now, he's a little more, he's kind of an answer to Batman. Uh, he's a little more hardcore and he also uh, suffers from dis- dis- dissociative identity disorder, DID, which is often bastardized by Hollywood, uh, a la Split from a few years ago, where it's all mm-hmm. these multi-personalities. So his hero personality is very different from his, um, you know, his, uh, his alter ego. And uh, they haven't said much about this one yet, but I, there's not even a casting announcement for who Moon Knight is, but... Uh, pretty good comic and someone that I, I've I've enjoyed in, in small doses over the years. Uh, so that's another Disney Plus show. We have She-Hulk as well. Uh, Jennifer Walters um, is the uh, the cousin, apparently, of Bruce Banner. And she's going to get some uh, gamma treatment and become another Hulk. Now, this, uh, this Disney Plus show is apparently going to take place during Phase 4. So there may be some MCU impact in there. Hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm trying to read this while I speak about it. So she's got a, it. Looks like she's got more control over the Hulkness than we've seen from Hulk. So I guess that's pretty cool. She can kind of change at will, probably. And um, you know, Hulk, of course, is pretty roughed up after Endgame, having to had to do a snappy thing. So mm-hmm. uh, She-Hulk may make her way into the MCU. That's going to be interesting to see. No casting announcement yet, but uh, She-Hulk, She-Hulk will uh, get her own show. So three new superhero shows. Obi-Wan Kenobi's show, which we just talked about. Uh, we'll have Ewan McGregor back. And uh, that that's all the stuff that's listed on this article, but uh, there is certainly more that has been announced for D23. Uh, so I'll, I'll let the listeners go out and, and, uh, and talk about or you know, and read about what they want to um, to see from D twenty three. Seth, what, what was your top uh, what was your top announcement, or what's the thing that you're most excited for that we heard about at D twenty three? Um, I don't know. Like, it's all pretty cool, and I'm excited for Disney Plus and getting all that content. But honestly, the thing is, I'm probably more excited about Disney Plus have already been announced with some of the, you know, like the the um Hawkeye and WandaVision and all that stuff I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited about. I did see a cool little uh promo uh poster thing for WandaVision where they had like it looked like they were sitting on a couch in like the 50s or something uh Scarlet Witch and, and Vision but like looking like you know they were in the 50s but then there's shadows cast from a TV and it had Scarlet Witch with like her headdress thing from the comics and then Vision with a hole in his head where the Infinity Stone was so kind of showing like oh maybe he's still alive and it's current time or whatever you know whatever the case may be but some Im- implications from the MCU there so that that'll be kind of fun but uh yeah i mean it's all pretty cool there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming out i'm obviously excited for for the uh the the additional MCU shows shows they mentioned i think it'll be cool to have uh, a full on hulk series like that she hulk maybe we get some bruce banner in there or 
you know, have him as professional professor Hulk or whatever he is. But yeah, I, I think it's all cool. I'm excited for it. Yeah. For me, it's, uh, it's definitely the star Wars stuff. Obi-Wan and the Mandalorian are, are what I'm most looking forward to on Disney plus. Uh, mm-hmm. We shall see on uh, the D23 releases lots of uh, Disney Plus shows. So I, now, you and I, Seth, have already been on board, but can we just say for a second, holy shit, the stuff we're going to get from Disney Plus. Like, there's there's no doubt to me that it's going to be worth the, what, $8 a month or whatever it is? Yeah, six ninety nine for now, and then you can get the bundle and all that stuff. But um, I did hear, though, that they have, they're either working on or already have it where you're not going to be able to share passwords like Netflix type thing. So, mm. uh, you know, that people might actually be paying seven, eight bucks a month for this. So, Yeah, I think you're going uh, to – I just did a quick Google of this because um, I wanted to know two things. One, uh, it looks like Disney Plus will give survivors four simultaneous streams. And so whether or not you can share your password with up to four people, I don't know if that's what that means or, or what. Um, but it looks like four simultaneous streams. But there have also there's also been news this last week that they are going to be, like you said, cracking down on password sharing. So it's going to be interesting to see what form that takes. Um, and I have no problem. Like a lot of people are like, oh, Disney, fuck you. But fuck, get your money. Like we're, everyone is stealing money from Netflix by sharing their mm-hmm. passwords. So, that's part of the reason why Netflix costs, you know, depending on what you get, you know, 12 to, you know, $18 a month or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because they do let people share their passwords. So they're, you know, they are quote unquote losing money off of it. So, yeah, you know, no doubt. it is what it is. The other uh, cool thing, and I, I think I'm going to be participating in this. Disney Disney has a bundle. You can get mm-hmm. Disney Plus, Hulu and ESPN Plus for only twelve ninety nine, so that's three mm-hmm. major streaming services at a pretty good price. Of course, they're all uh, Disney properties, but this seems like a great deal to me, and I'll use all those services. Uh, ESPN Plus is something I've been debating whether or not to pay for already, um, but we already get most of ESPN with our YouTube TV subscription. So uh, the twelve ninety nine deal, the bundle, uh, you're already saving if you have just Disney Plus and Hulu, but with the added version or the added uh, benefit of ESPN plus. So, uh, I think Disney has been wise to come in at a lower price point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they're going to prove that they have really great content and a lot of it and a lot of the content people want to see. And so to come in at a lower price point, I, I laughed it off, you know, uh, when it was first announced, but I think Disney plus is starting to look like a real problem for Netflix. Would you agree? I wouldn't say problem yet. I I think Disney Plus has a lot different stuff than Netflix. You're you're not going to find a, um, you wouldn't find a Breaking Bad. You wouldn't find a Orange Is the New Black. You wouldn't find you know any of these gritty, downright Thirteen Reasons Why. You know, a show with with you know this sexual assault. You're not going to find any of that ever on Disney Plus. That's never going to touch Disney Plus. So it's it, it is a bit different audience in a lot of ways. And, and, and all of Disney Plus, I think I think it's going to be different audiences. It's going to be same audiences in the fact like there's a lot of stuff that appeals to people in Disney Plus. But if you want different content than just Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney, you're going elsewhere. So mm-hmm. I think there's still that that money. You know, people have to make a decision. I think people are going to go Disney Plus just because of price versus content. But I don't think people are going to have to. I don't think a lot of people are going to have to make that decision yet because of the low price point for Disney right now. Mm-hmm. If Disney becomes fifteen dollars a month or whatever, 
and people can only do one or the other, then that might become an issue. But I think right now, because of the difference in content and the price point, I don't think Netflix is any in any danger at the moment. Yeah, I can see your point. And, and for me, I'm going to have both, at least for some amount of time. But um, we'll see. We'll see how much uh, Disney takes over and what kind of uh, content they add. They do, of course, have Hulu. So if you do have the bundle, you know, that, that they might steer some of their grittier material that way. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they use Hulu. Um, yeah, they they just have to they have to start using it as the thing. Like the only thing on there right now is a couple of smaller shows. I you know I think Pen Fifteen will be coming back. That's a little bit more of an adult show. Uh, of course, Handmaid's Tale it's coming back for at least one more season. Um, other than that, though, there's not a lot. So they have to start building that up. But because they're building up Disney Plus and they're putting a lot of money into Disney Plus, I think Hulu is still going to be. Because it's because it's this you know it, the thing that's different with like ESPN Plus is that it's that's its own thing that's its own content it's its own channel that survived on its own for years and was just bought by Disney years ago. Now, Hulu is is essentially the same thing as Disney Plus, but just with you know adult content on it and it, it existed before, but they kind of inherited it too through this whole deal. And so they if once they build up Disney Plus, then they have to start building up Hulu. Otherwise, that's going to just become an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Hulu currently is an afterthought for me. There's not much that I watch on there. <laughs> yeah, um, I use it more than you do. <laughs> yeah, you probably <laughs> like, you only I watch use... a couple shows. So mm-hmm. it's uh, something that I was happy to see that I'll be saving a little bit on Hulu as a part of this bundle. So uh, the streaming wars are certainly on. Uh, let us know in the in the comments on Facebook and on Twitter at Soko Show Pod. What, what services are you using, and and are you starting to manage? you know, how many of these you pick up. I, I saw a tweet from a guy, Seth, that I know you follow, Jay Washington, and it said, you know, okay, I've got Hulu, Netflix, Disney, you know, I got to have Spotify or some sort of music streamer, uh, HBO. I mean, all that stuff is like getting up to the point where it's 100 to $120 to have all these streaming services, and it's starting to get back up to the point where it's competing with cable prices. And I think people are going to very soon start taking a second look at what all of these services are costing them in total and making some of those choices. Um, and, and maybe everyone is not there yet, but I think that that time will certainly come because I know for mm-hmm. myself, I'm paying probably $75 in just streaming services right now. And, and when I'm not using Hulu very often, if I can save a couple bucks a month on something like this Disney package, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. It seems like right now everyone's just going to pay whatever for, you know, getting everything they want. But, um, are you anywhere near your capacity for for paying for the streaming and and TV and movie services? No, because you buy a lot of them too. So <laughs> <laughs> I have your passwords. But uh, don't uh, and to people who you know the the people who run those companies that uh, you know may be listening. Uh, I actually don't. I have my own. So don't look it up. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, no, I I think like for me, if I had to have them all separately. Um, you know, not not use your passwords. What I what I would probably do is when I like the, I, like you said with Hulu, I I watch Hulu for about two shows a year. I would just cancel it till the next show comes back back mm-hmm. on. Um, same thing with Amazon. If I didn't buy Amazon like at a yearly thing with with Prime, and that that's that's really the big thing is Prime and all that. But you know, if it was if I was just buying the video, I would only buy it for when Sneaky Pete's on and when Mazel's on, and then I would cancel it. Um, and I think that's that's what's going to come to with like, I, I think Netflix is probably the one exception right now of doing that just because there's so much on there. It's like it's basically just like a video rental thing like, oh, I have nothing to watch right now. I'll throw on an old episode of The Office. You know, it's like having the discs, you know, mm. 
So, and I know that's going away soon and they're going to have their own things or whatever, but there's so much stuff. Even if you don't have the office, you could, you know, there's, there's Netflix shows you can just pop on or whatever. Um, so I think Netflix is the exception there where you can have, you know, if you have it year round, you're always going to have something to watch. It's just one of those things like I'm bored. I'm going to watch Netflix, but all, all these other ones where they only have a few shows that people come to, I think that's going to become, you know, it's more and more, more and more people cancel cable or don't do the internet streaming and just like the internet uh, TV streaming. Um, they and they have these services and they can't afford them all. I think that's going to be something a lot of people do is cancel and re up and stuff. So I bet a lot of these companies will either have like you can not come back after a certain point or you can you have to have a, a waiting period or maybe they do something like if you've been a subscriber for. 12 straight months, maybe get a discount on something or whatever. But I think that could probably be more of what I see it going to down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think for me, and it's just my personal preference, I think HBO is my every month one because I'm watching more series that are releasing regularly on on HBO than on any other streaming platform. And of course, they're always cycling movies through. Um, But you're right. I think, you know, some of those other ones, if I'm watching one or two shows, yeah, I'll just put a pause on on my subscription and wait until something comes out and then join up, which mm-hmm. I think uh, one one effect that that might have is, you know, um, the way that the streaming services schedule their releases and the amount of original content and prestige level content that they try to put out because uh, Netflix has the most of it right now. And so Netflix is kind of indispensable because every other week or at least, you know, once a month, something big is coming out. And so uh, you can't, well, really, even... can't really stop your Netflix for very long without missing something. Yeah, and they do have a lot of stuff, but I think it's it's more of like the the mindless content. And what I say by that, it's just like you can throw it on whenever, and sure. you know it, it doesn't matter you know where you where you started at. I think that's the benefit they have at the moment, and that's where you know I think they'll be hurt a bit by when obviously when when Office and and Friends leave, um, but there still is enough TV shows on there. There's there's enough original content now. I think. You know, I think for pe- fans of Big Mouth, I think that can be Big Mouth for people. You can just throw on an episode of Big Mouth. Um, for fans of, I guess, The Ranch, you can do that with The Ranch. Just throw on an epi- any episode. I think they have enough content now where, you know, it's not the – once Office leaves, people will be like, oh, you know, I'm going to go watch the NBC app or whatever it is. Uh, instead, if it's free or maybe they have to pay for it, they'll pay for it. But um, I think – Netflix is still building a library. They still have enough favorites that people love that they can just turn on any episode to still be okay. And then, like you said, they still have, you know, a, a lot of prestige television that's coming out. So, yep, no doubt. Uh, Netflix, a couple months left of uh, relative monopoly on the streaming, but here comes Disney Plus. So we'll see how that works out. I'm very excited to see, uh, you know, what what shakes out over the next few months. But in the meantime, we'll keep an eye. And by the way. Uh, if you're paying $9 or $12 a month for Netflix and you only watch The Office, just fucking buy the DVDs. Like, <laughs> it doesn't take very long for that to start being cost stupid. So mm-hmm. if you're only watching, if you only have Netflix for like Office or Friends, just buy the box set and and then <laughs> stop complaining on Twitter about how they're taking Friends away. That's That was my own small thing, but... Um. Wow. <laughs> Drawing a line in the sand. Oh, that works me up. I, I don't know. Um, speaking of things that work me up there is another piece of Marvel news of course uh, the thing that you knew we would be talking about when I was back on the show um, and this news came out shortly I think after you had recorded the show last week Seth MCU and Sony have uh, essentially divorced 
and Spider-Man is the child caught in the middle, and he's apparently going to live with Mom uh, on the Sony side. Uh, So we're going to lose Spider-Man from the MCU, and this has been a huge, huge news item for the past week or so, and it has evolved over the course of the last five, six days, Uh, and so we have a little more detail now than we would have had we reported on it uh, day of, but the update is this. Uh, Disney and Sony's agreement before basically said that Sony was paying to make the movies and Marvel would lead the creative uh, direction. Okay, so Kevin Mm -hmm. Feige essentially was uh, sort of leading the way in terms of what was happening in the movies, but Sony was doing everything around that. And uh, Disney was making uh, like 5% of the first weekend's box office uh, in exchange for that. So they were getting some amount of pay, but not a ton. Sony was making most of the movies, they, or most of the Disney money. Also had, Disney also had all merchandising, too, so that's huge. Yes, yes. So if you bought a Spider-Man t-shirt, uh, that money went to Disney. So that, that you're right, that is a big piece. Uh, but Sony was getting all the box office besides that first weekend 5%. So that was a big deal. That was the starting point. And Sony came back to the table and said, hey, we want to re-up that deal. Let's keep this thing rolling. And Disney said, eh, we want more money. So they decided, Disney, to offer up, okay, let's split everything 50-50. We'll pay for half the production, but we want half the box office. And Sony said, no, eat shit. We don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of blame is getting thrown around. This is Disney's fault. This is Sony's fault. Uh, But, Seth, I want to start here. We'll come back to that question. What I want to start with is is Spider-Man and what does the future look like for Spider-Man from a fan standpoint? Because... We know that there will be more Sony Spider-Man movies. Uh, Tom Holland is going to be back for the next one. He's still contractually obligated to do one more. Um, The writers, there's two, uh, I'm failing to pull up their names, but uh, the writers from Spider-Man Far From Home are going to return to write the next movie. We found that out over the last couple days. Um, John Watts, though, who was the director of Homecoming and of Far From Home, he's still up in the air. Uh, we thought for a while he was still tied in. It looks like he's not necessarily tied in. And now Disney is trying to hire him away for another MCU movie. So mm-hmm. we'll see with the corporate espionage how the, all that shit goes down. But thinking creatively, you know, we're going to have to remove all the MCU material from Spider-Man and send him kind of down his own path, potentially with Venom and some sort of Sony Spider-Verse. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about this in the past week. We were texting when the news dropped, but you're not very optimistic about the future for Spider-Man on the Sony side. No, not really. Um, before though, real quick. All, so apparently, the, so yes, the, the the Sony was like, no, we're not doing the 50-50, but they also uh, reportedly came back with a 70-30 offer and Disney turned that down. So mm. um, there, there has been negotiations. Also, uh, the second thing is I still believe there's going to be an agreement made at some point. Um, I, I think I honestly think this was done. This news was leaked as a, as a negotiation tactic by one side, most likely Disney, um, because a lot of the news came that came out favored Disney in, in, in ways. Um, so I, I think that and I think that's the way it favored them was that like that Sony looked like the bad guys for keeping Spider-Man away from the MCU. And so I, I think this is leaked. Uh, for for a multitude of reasons, but I, I think this I think they're gonna because there's been all these boycotts Sony things and people have like we're gonna charge Sony <laughs> their their lot like Area 51 and all that stuff. Um, I think that I think a deal is gonna end up being made before long. So um, that being said, though, yes, in terms of him being back with Sony, really, 
the, the reason I don't have faith in, in Sony is because just as a production company, Sony in general, not even just Spider-Man, but in general, Sony is one of the most inconsistent studios that there is. Um, if you look at just this summer's, this summer's releases, um, they've had one of the worst in, in Men in Black, but then they've had some other good ones that have come out too. So like, just as a company creatively, you know, if you look at their, their direction creatively, um, as, as a head and, and overall, I think Sony is just super inconsistent. Whereas if you, and, and they just don't, they don't do things separately, kind of like Disney and Marvel does. They just kind of lump everything together and, and whoever's the head of Sony is, is in charge of all, you know, kind of the final decisions of stuff. Whereas like Marvel and Disney, yes, Bob, Bob Iger makes the final decisions on, on the movies, but Kevin Feige is the lead producer and all this stuff. So he, he, you know, he's, he's keeping track of it all. He understands it all the most. And he's, he's the one who makes the final decisions from the directors and all that stuff. So I think the way that Disney and Marvel is set up creatively is a lot smarter. They've had a lot more success. If you, if you just look at their superhero movies, they're, they're batting with a much better uh, percentage right now than, than what Sony is in general. So I, I'm just, as, as a fan, I'm more optimistic and, and, and excited if Spider-Man's with, with Disney. I just don't have any expectations with, with Sony because they are one of, if not the most inconsistent studio that produces movies. So, Yeah, and Men in Black is a really good example of this. You know, they had a good franchise and kind of, uh, kind of pooped on it. <laughs> which was a bummer. Uh, so I, I can see that. I think that on the whole, I would agree with you on Sony. Um, but I, I, and this, again, not everyone is going to agree on this. Um, I have enjoyed every Spider-Man movie that Sony has put out. I think they've done well with Spidey. And and I think that the table is set for another good one. You know, they don't, they're not starting from scratch here. You know, they can still use elements and themes from the prior to Tom Holland movies, even though they've got to take Tony Stark and happy and a few things out. Um, but I, my, my attitude toward this is sure. Sony is Sony isn't perfect, but this, the, the ball is on a tee here. You know, they, they don't need to do a whole lot creatively. Like just give us the movie we're already expecting where he's going to have to go out there and deal with the ramifications of the end of far from home. Um, and, 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 they don't need to recreate any wheels here. Like I said, the table has been set. Uh, they've got Tom Holland. They've got the writers back. They're working on getting the director back. I think that they there is obviously potential for them to fuck this up, but it seems like the kind of thing that any self-respecting film studio should be able to do. And I, I'm trying to stay optimistic because I love Spidey. I'm obviously going to love whatever they crap out, um, but... <laughs> You know, uh, who knows whether or not it, it'll be as good as what the MCU would have done. We'll probably never know because we're never going to get to see both movies. Uh, I'm hopeful that you're right and a deal will get done uh, between Marvel and Sony uh, to keep Spidey in the MCU because I think that it's been really good for both sides um, in general. But um, <laughs> if we do go the route of a Sony Spider-Verse uh, I don't hate that. You know, you incorporate Venom. There there are some elements there, right? You have Venom. You'll have this Morbius. Um, s- uh, several elements of the Sinister Six have already been established in the two MCU movies, and they can still use all those. So there are options um, if they have to pivot and go a different direction. Of course, you know, there's a lot of talk about, about a live-action Spider-Verse 
uh, where Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield might come back in. That would be dope to see. So there are several different ways this could go well. And what we're, what we're hoping for is that, you know, the 10 year old that is Sony doesn't drop the expensive glass bowl that he's holding, um, and shatter it. Cause all he has to do is fucking put it on the table and everyone's going to be excited. Um, but oh. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't blame you for not having faith in Sony. I just think it seems like the kind of thing that would be really hard to fuck up that bad. I don't, I, I think it's going to be easy to fuck up for him. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's just, there, the, the thing that I, that with, with Spider-Man that, that the MCU was smart about doing is that Spider-Man, the Spider-Man we know now has only existed in the MCU. Like his whole world is the MCU, but the MCU is not Spider-Man. So the MCU can go on and easily explain away Spider-Man, but it's hard. They have to work around. Like we, we, like we talked about earlier and we've talked about in other conversations, the, the fans who pay attention to movie news know this, right? They know that they know that Spider-Man isn't, in the same world as Tony Stark and all that stuff now because of the deal. But your 12-year-olds who go to the movies or your family who's buying a ticket because they see Spider-Man's on the screen, they don't necessarily know that. Now, they may not care, um, but there's going to be questions and there's there's going to be there there's going to be confusion around some of that stuff. Now, they can probably write around it, but that's still writing around something is different than creating a story that you want to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's going to be tough. Because there, there's so many places they want to go within the Spider-Man world from this last movie, but now they can't necessarily go there without explaining away certain things or without, um, without having to a- avoid just avoid saying certain things. They, they now they ha- now they're now they're restricted creatively, and I think that's going to be tough. Uh, I think unless you explain it away with a, something like you said, like a Spider Verse, or he just completely goes somewhere else he just go he leaves new york and is now no longer a new york hero which that was an issue for me as far from home is that it wasn't in new york and new york is a huge part of spider-man new york is almost a character in spider-man mm-hmm. and if he's not in new york he they, maybe they explain him a way to go somewhere else so that they don't have to talk about because new york that's the other thing the mcu has done is made new york a character in their movie new york has been a big part of their movies so it, the first Avengers was all in New York and they talked about New York constantly that, <laughs> you know, like the fought the battle of New York is a huge thing. And so I, it, I think it's just, I just think in terms of a creative process, it's going to be really difficult for them to, they're going to have an idea and be like, well, can't bring that up, you know, like shit like that. that I think that's going to be tough for them. Um, also to uh, just to drive home my point about, about Sony being 50, 50, uh, the end of 2018, December 14th, 2018, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, amazing movie, right? December 25th, 2018, Holmes and Watson. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> Sony, Sony isn't the best company out there. I, I was looking at the list, and it, it is extremely hit and miss. They had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this year, but they also had like Miss Bala come out this year. Um, <laughs> the Men in Black, they Sp- Spider-Man: Far From Home, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, like. There, uh, th- those are good. But then prior to that, that was uh, Men in Black International and Miss Bala. So like, you know, it's it's Sony. I think again, creatively, even if they have the same writers come back, it's going to be a different. They're going to be able to, again, they're going to have creative limitations what they can do legally. But who's overall making the final decisions? It's going to be a completely different person, and it's now it's going to be. 
if it stays separate, it's going to be someone who wants to try and get back at Marvel because they're upset about it. So there's going to be a lot more implications coming in here than what we've seen. And it just it just worries me, and it, it doesn't give me ex- high expectations. It doesn't give me high hopes for this next movie unless I see something that they completely explain away the MCU stuff and they can still make a fun movie uh, like, like Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, where where I certainly agree with you is on the world build of the MCU. They they've done a far better job of, you know, setting things up for expansion of the universe than Sony has a track record of doing. Um, Sony, I think, a little more ham-handed in their attempts to do it after Amazing Spider-Man, and um, we'll see with Venom and Morbius and whatever else they're trying to put together over there how everything kind of comes together. It's going to be interesting um, because Holland is only on contract, as I understand it, for one more film. So do mm-hmm. they wrap his story up and reboot with a new one? Do they reboot with Miles Morales, maybe live action? If so, I'm going to be going to the casting call for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, there, there's there's a thousand different ways Sony can take this. And it it one would be reasonable to be concerned at, you know, the embarrassment of options that they have because there's a lot of choices that they could fuck up. I, so I, I, I agree with you that they don't necessarily have the pedigree that Marvel has in making great superhero films and great, great Spider-Man films. Um, but I, I'm trying really hard to keep the faith because I, I can't stand someone ruining my Spidey. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until <laughs> I see it. <laughs> um, a couple other quick things, too. One is that they do already have Morbius and Kraven coming out. So they are built, starting to build the Spider-Man universe outside of the MCU. But I also think though, again, I, I, my belief is that at some point in the next couple months, so if you, if you remember back when, before the deal happened to bring Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, there's into the, to the MCU, um, they at like a, there was like a D 23 uh, Comic-Con type thing going on where Kevin Feige was there and someone just asked him, but it's before civil war came out, like two or three months, um, before civil war came out, they asked, Hey, do you ever see Spider-Man being in the MCU? And Kevin Feige said, uh, in certain terms, basically no way. I don't see that happening. A few months later, Spider-Man's back. So this is all, I mean, this is, Spider-Man's in, excuse me. So this is all, again, I I think this is all just news and all negotiation tactics. I fully believe that we're going to see Spider-Man back in the MCU. The other thing, though, I could also see in those negotiations now, because it's probably, again, Negotiates negotiations still ongoing, and there's going to be leverage on either side. I could see part of the deal being now because Venom made a bunch of money that Venom and the other Spider-Man characters that they have to have a bigger role in the MCU or be in the MCU in the first place. I feel like that's going to be negotiation part of it. That's just my personal belief, um, but I could totally see Sony leveraging those other characters into the MCU somehow in order to make in order to make their characters and make more money on their side of things too. They, they'll probably get a certain amount of box office for those too. So that's what I, that's what I expect to see, especially because Spider-Man's villains do get pretty deep. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's got a great rogues gallery. Uh, I am hopeful that you're right. And, and I, I agree with you. I think that this deal will find a way to get itself done. Um, but Disney's going to need to come to the table willing to compromise. I think they came to this negotiation based on what I've seen, which is obviously not the entire picture uh, I think Disney's come to the table thinking that they had all the cards, and I think Sony truly does have all the cards. Um, now, granted, as you said, MCU will survive just fine without Sony, but they want Spider-Man, you know. And 
Sony hasn't, you know, and that's flat out it. They just, they have the ability to walk away from the table and make a couple movies that are going to make $800,000 or $800 million. <laughs> I hope $800 million. <laughs> and, um, and they'll be fine too. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, if this is a negotiation tactic, I think it's a smart one because it's got the internet talking and, um, you know, the whole Sony and- versus, versus Disney thing is, is going to be an interesting thing to watch going forward but my hopes are with yours that this deal gets done and we can finish out uh tom holland's uh peter parker spidey um storyline as it was planned out in the mcu and look at the james gunn thing you know everyone thought that was a done deal james gunn is never coming back disney you know just released a statement and all that stuff and said it was done the fans online had constantly been saying we want james gunn back um, all the actors. I mean, we already had Jeremy Renner come out a couple days out or a day after it happened, saying we want Spidey still. You know, like this is this this sucks. You're you're gonna st- you're gonna see this. Uh, we've we've seen the fans backlash, which has been one thing I can't stand seeing. I was off Twitter for days because I couldn't stand seeing people save Spider Man. We're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna uh, rush the fucking gates and all that stuff. It's like just get fucking lives or go watch go watch a different movie or something. There's so much <laughs> other stuff you can complain about or support than this shit about boycotting the M or boycotting Sony boycotting the MCU, whatever it is, just get a fucking life. But, um, you know, I, this is the same thing that happened to James Gunn. And, and I, I fully believe that whether it's a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, we're going to see Spider-Man, this deal come together and Spider-Man will be back. So here's hoping you heard it from Seth here, folks. Uh, I'll save the audio for when the deal comes and we'll, we'll play that as the headline. Uh, what are your thoughts on Spider-Man, people out there? Do you think Sony or Marvel is in the wrong? Uh, do you think we're going to get good Spider-Man movies, assuming that uh, Sony does, you know, take full control and, and go their direction? Do you have do you have faith in them, or do you think they they need to uh, return it to Marvel? This is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, and of course, uh, our fingers will be on the pulse as it is Spider-Man related. Um, so, uh, continue to listen to the SoCo show for updates on this story and all the other stories that you heard about today. We had a lot of shit to cover in movie news there. So thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, we're going to reward you with a few, a few movie reviews, uh, in just a second. But first we got to stop by the, we missed a boat, uh, portion of the evening. Oh, I'm on a boat and you're going to need a bigger boat. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> A funny thing <laughs> happened on the way to this segment. Um, due to us not having the show last week, I completely fucking forgot that I didn't that I had to do a We Missed the Boat. Uh, and Seth did one during his solo show last week. Uh, watched uh, How to Train Your Dragon, which uh, I knew you would like, uh, and I'm excited. Well, I hoped you would. The, w- How to Train Your Dragon is about the line where I was like, will Seth go along with this? I'm not sure, but I hope he does. Uh, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, and I so I, I put uh, how to train your dragon part two on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do need to, even though I'm not going to review one this week, I wanted to replace uh, your how to train your dragon with another film and give you the full two weeks to, uh, to watch this one. So let me pull up your list here. And I selected a movie, uh, not in the animated realm, but certainly one that is a little more of a family-friendly film. And I know this is one that you've wanted to watch, and I'm going to give you the excuse to do so. Uh, I'm putting Jumanji from 2018, Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle. On your list here. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. You've heard a lot of great things about it. 
and uh, a little more comedy, uh, a little more family comedy oriented. Uh, but I think you're going to dig like the video game references in here and um, and surprisingly subtle performances by Jack Black and Kevin Hart here. I, I fully expected them to be over the top, but I think you're going to enjoy them. And, and The Rock is, of course, good. But um, yeah. again, not one I need to convince you to watch. You've been wanting to see it already, but now it's on your list. That's actually the one that uh, kind of sparked this whole thing. So I was going to watch it uh, for, like right before this all started. And uh, I was like, you know, it'd be kind of fun. Cause I was, I always have, uh, I always feel guilty about not watching new stuff as opposed to watching older stuff that mm-hmm. I want to go back and watch. And so, you know, I wanted to watch this movie and I'm like, you know what, maybe we'll do a segment for the podcast where we go back and watch movies. And then it just kind of evolved from there as we discussed it to what it is now. But uh, yeah, that's the kind of the original one. So that'll be one I, I probably watch sooner rather than later. There you go. So uh, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. You just made the list. So Seth has <sighs> Seth has two weeks to watch uh, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Uh, my we missed the boat. I'll, I'll, I will be reviewing something next week, uh, and it will be either Toy Story three, Call Me by Your Name, Wally, Blind Spotting, or First Reformed. A uh, few of those on there I want to watch. So we'll see which one I get to. Come back next week to hear me review one of those in We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're gonna need a bigger boat. All right. So from uh, December 2018's Baywatch to some. August of 2019 films. Let's get into some reviews. Wait, Baywatch? What did I say? <laughs> Shut up. Did I say Baywatch? I meant uh, <laughs> I, I meant uh, Jumanji. <laughs> I, we're getting toward the end of the show, and I had a I, I was drinking a uh, whatever I got here, Fort George, three way IPA. Um, oh, and so uh, and it's a tall boy. So, well, t- tell George to quit distracting you and, and uh, make. <laughs> Make sure you get those titles right. All right. Well, Jumanji is on We Missed the Boat, but we got to get into some new movies. Uh, get ready for some really sloppy reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. We got some uh, movie reviews this week. Before we get into what came out uh, this past weekend, I want to revisit a couple movies that Seth has already reviewed because I've gone back and caught up a little bit. Um, and I'm going to do these really quickly. I want to start with scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, Seth, you gave this a, a positive review uh, as a pretty fun uh, hor- kind of horror movie made for youngins. Uh, I want to give my two cents, and I'm going to try to do it in, in just about uh, just about ten seconds. This is the intro to the next segment, and the intro is just as long as the segment itself. Here comes a ten-second movie review. All right. So you guys already know what Scary Stories is about. <laughs> All right. All right. My man. This review is for the Gigolos and Gigolites. <laughs> I hope you like it. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, so Scary Stories, of course, you know, is the anthology uh, book that was adapted into a movie. Uh, Seth reviews it. Where's the timer? Well, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm setting it up and then I'm going to do it. Uh, oh, okay. Seth reviews it positively. Let's see, let's see what I thought. Uh, I had a fun time with this. It was a, a mediocre horror movie, but just a fun movie in general. Had some pretty good scares and adapted the book very well. I, I enjoyed it. Thumbs up. High recommend. Ooh, I used every second. Um, yeah, I, I agreed like in general. I didn't like the spiders. There was there was a little bit of gratuitous use of spiders. Um, so trigger warning. 
if you are afraid of spiders like I am, you might freak out and throw your feet up into the air um, when you're sitting in the movie theater. But <laughs> on the whole, Scary Stories was a fun time. Uh, nothing to write home about for me, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I'll turn to another movie. This is the second of two. Uh, one more movie that Seth reviewed last week, and I got a chance to see this during the past week as well. Good Boys. Uh, I will tell you right off the bat, uh, Good Boys has entered into my top 10 movies of the year. And I thought this movie was fucking hilarious. Now, I had, I had drank a little bit of beer when I went, but that's the kind of movie this is. Go ready to laugh. Uh, go ready to suspend disbelief. This is very much like a teen comedy, uh, but more of a tween comedy. Uh, and I forgot to start a timer on myself. I just started talking about it because I, I like it so much. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll throw a timer on now. Here we go. Movie's hilarious. It's a laugh a minute. Uh, it's a tight 90 minutes, so you're not going to get bored. And surprisingly good acting from these kids. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's everything that you said it was. It's getting great reviews, and um, and I, I would just second your recommendation uh, that people go see Good Boys. And this is a fun one to see in theaters because, you know, you get in the big group of people and everybody's laughing and having a good time. It's, it's just a lot of fun. So I, uh, Word. I had asked, uh, I asked Seth, I was like, you know, I've missed a couple things. What, what are the ones I should definitely go see? And those were two of the ones you had at the top of the list. Uh, another one that you had at the top of your list is a movie that came out, uh, I think like two weeks ago, but it took you a week to get to it and me another week to get to it. And it's getting great reviews, uh, on the Rotten Tomatoes. It was in the eighties last I saw, and this is ready or not, which is the latest uh. in a uh, a rash of very goofy gimmick uh, board game based horror movies uh, like Truth or Dare and Escape Room that have come out within the last uh, 18 months or so. Uh, Ready or Not, of course, based around hide and seek. Uh, you have the main character, Samara Weaving, marrying into a family that feels like they need to play hide and seek and murder the hider um, in order to <laughs> fulfill some sort of ritual. So... You know, it, it's it's labeled as a horror movie, Seth, but this really wasn't that. And you were you were a fan of that. You liked the tone that this one took, even though it wasn't necessarily a super scary one. Yeah, I had a ton of fun with it, and uh, it came out uh, just a week. ago. We were recording on a Monday. It came out. It'll be a week ago Tuesday. So, oh, okay. Um, not, not not that far back. Uh, I saw it on opening night, but yeah, I, I had a I had a ton of fun with it. It it it's more of a dark comedy than it is really a, a horror movie there's nothing really too scary about it there's a couple of jump scene moments that kind of come out at you but other than that it's really it's not creep they don't make an effort to really make it creepy like when they're making it quote-unquote creepy they're doing it for laughs as laughs as opposed to you know trying to scare you so uh the, the example i'm thinking of there is is like the grandma uh for for them she's <laughs> she uh she's she's, she's like very um very uh, dry, very just like intense, but they kind of play it off for for the comedy sake of it. So pretty funny there. Um, the overall cast, I thought the ensemble cast was awesome. They all played the roles they were meant to play. Um, they, they 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 all fit within the the world that they were at they were in. Um, really, there's not a ton of like super well known like name actors. I would say Adam Brody is probably the only one that you could be like you see his name and you know oh that's Adam Brody. Samara Weaving is starting to get there, but even her, it's like you look at her and you're like oh that's you know Margot Ro- the, the I think you've said Dude. before discount Margot Robbie <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, um, but she she is great in the movie, 
and uh, Adam Brody's good. I you know that who I always refer to as Conrad Grayson. He played uh, the father Grayson in the show Revenge. He's a character actor who's done a lot of different stuff, and he plays the father in this, and he does a great job. Just overall, the cast is is really great. the The comedy lands perfectly for me. Um, you know, if you're looking for a horror movie, you might be disappointed. But if you're if you're in for that type of tone, the mystery aspect of it. Um, of like what's going on here, uh, the kind of the strange world they've built, um, just all it's 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 so much fun. I had a, I had a blast at this movie. It's it's one of my favorites of the year. Uh, it's in it's in my top ten right now. Um, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, the the song the the hide and seek song was stuck in my head for days. <laughs> um, just all of it. I thought it fit perfectly, and I thought they did exactly what they're set out to do. And I, I enjoyed every second of it. So I love Ready or Not. Whoa! I I have to tell you, I am shocked that this makes your top 10. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm not nearly as high on it as you, but I, I'm, I am on the positive side of things. Uh, I had a fun time and I would recommend this to folks, uh, for folks who are wondering like, okay, it's a little bit of a confusing type of tone you're setting here. Think, um, think, tell me if I'm wrong here, Seth, uh, happy death day meets like you're next is what I was thinking about. Kinda. This. Um, I think that, I think that, Happy Death Day is. I think that that's that's a little bit too goofy of a tone. I think a um, little bit maybe too of an, an even like an upbeat tone. I if you've seen the movie Clue, I think Clue is Clue and like your next. I think is like the perfect combo. There you go. Uh, and another a comparison I would definitely draw between this movie and Happy Death Day is I think it really uh, gave a chance for Jessica Roth to jump out and and have a, a great performance, and she did in that. Um, do mm-hmm. you think Samara Weaving does something similar for herself here? Because I really enjoyed her in this. Yeah, absolutely. She she proved that she can carry a movie. Um, she she knew if, if if the other cast knew what parts they were playing, she knew exactly what she was doing in this mm-hmm. movie. Even just down to some of her facial reactions in this movie, I thought were great. Um, she she she's able to convey a lot with just raising an eyebrow or just kind of smirking in a moment where um, you, you know she she needs to. Uh, display you know like a little bit of sarcasm or whatever she just does a lot in this movie without having to uh, having to speak even and i thought that even just those little things like i i could see like almost her character was like the audience and like like what she's almost like just like what's what's going on here this is really weird Mm -hmm. you know like she she, she's very much like the the muse for the uh, muse for the audience in this movie so Again, I, I loved it. Loved every second of it. Yeah, she does a great job carrying this. Uh, this is definitely fun. I would say this is one that I think people might enjoy even more in the theater because there's, you know, you get around a lot of people. Everyone's kind of laughing yeah. and having a good time reacting to what they're seeing on screen. Um, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed is it felt, you know, like you were watching it with a bunch of friends. And I, I went with my girlfriend and, and we had a really enjoyable time there. Um, and I like you said, um, I, I hoped a little bit for more horror elements. But for what it truly was, you know, that was my expectation. But for what it was, which, again, was that, that dark comedy or, or uh, comedic thriller, so to speak, uh, it, it, it nailed every element of that movie. Uh, it was just my prior expectation that it was going to be more horror-based. And, and you helped me sort of mitigate that by telling me before I went to, to expect a little differently. Uh, folks who are setting setting the right, right expectation, maybe have a beer beforehand, go with a couple friends, I think are going to really enjoy this movie. So Ready or Not is getting a recommend from from both Seth and I. Seth is a is a hearty double thumbed recommendation. It's in his top ten, yeah. and uh, you can catch it in theaters now. Uh, 
really great scores on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, let us know on the tweets and on Facebook what you thought of Ready or Not. Uh, I know Jared enjoyed it as well, so we're going to link to Well, I'm assuming he enjoyed it. I guess I didn't watch his, but he was smiling in his thumbnail. He did, yes. We, we, <laughs> we, have, talked, we have talked about it. I mean, one other element, too, is... Um, there's there's definitely some like themes and and uh messages about like class and uh you know basically like the wealthy versus the poor and and you know having status uh, being born into it or coming into it as a family there's like just different messages in this movie that that are kind of there through some of this crazy zany stuff that happens too so that's something that uh jared and i have kind of talked about too but i I think there's i think there's a lot to this movie, uh, whether you just want to go in and have a fun, dumb time, if you want to go in and look at things deeper, if you want to just enjoy the the crazy uh, effects and and a little bit of gore that, that that's in there, I don't know. I there's I think there's a lot to this movie, and I really loved it. I, I certainly would agree that this movie is way better than it has any business being. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I said something similar about Escape Room earlier this year. You know, the premise is completely fucking stupid. I, I'll never deny that, but uh, the execution was was very good here, and and. It was um, it was enjoyable way more than I thought it was going to be. So, I think the hide and, I think the hide and seek thing to it. I think they the way they do it, it explains it super well. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that the whole lore behind it and the reason they play hide and seek and how they choose to play hide and seek and all that stuff. Um, I think that's all explained in a way that makes sense and doesn't sound stupid that they're just playing a, hide, a game of hide and seek. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, the movie is Hide and Seek, or not Hide and Seek. <laughs> hide and Seek is a really good Robert De Niro, Dakota Fanning movie, though. Um, that uh, I'd give it the retro recommend, but we don't have time. Um, Ready or Not is getting a recommend from both of us, so go check that out. It's in theaters now. Uh, you may have a little more trouble seeing these next two movies. They're a little bit smaller releases, but it uh, sounds like a, a great movie for some smaller releases. Uh, it sounds like you're going to have some positive reviews for a couple movies that I didn't see. But I'm interesting to see, interested to see and hear your recommendations on these two. Yeah, actually, these two are also in my top ten for the year. <laughs> so big weekend. I, I had a couple. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple top ten movies here this weekend. But uh, at least in my eyes, um, first one we'll talk about is Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, we, I think you mentioned on the show in the past, uh, smaller movie that kind of has had a an interesting rise uh, to get to the point where it had a pretty decent release this weekend but uh, peanut butter falcon is story of zach he has uh, down syndrome he's living in like a nursing home and he doesn't have a family doesn't have anyone around to uh be you know close with basically his only friend is the guy uh, an older guy in the in the nursing home played by bruce dern um but Zach, Zach is a, is a big wrestling fr- fan uh, in this nursing home he lives in. And I believe this takes place in like the late 90s, early 2000s times, um, just based off of kind of like the cell phones and videos and things that they watch. But um, Zach is a, is a fan of wrestling. He wants to go be a professional wrestler. He wants to go down and train at a school, I think, in North Carolina, I believe. I think they're in like Virginia or in North Carolina, somewhere in that area. They're on the East Coast. And... Uh, Zach wants to go train with a wrestler named Salt uh, uh, Saltwater Redneck is the guy. <laughs> no, that, that's the fake wrestler in this. Um, so he wants he wants to go train with him, and he is constantly trying to escape the nursing home he's in. The nursing home, uh, basically, like the person takes care of him and his friend uh, as well as Dakota Johnson. Um, she, I think her name's Eleanor, if I'm not mistaken. But she, uh, that's that's his friend, and and when he essentially gets out and escapes that's kind of like where the movie starts and so she's 
going off to look for him. At the same time, we're also introduced to Shia LaBeouf, his character, Tyler. He's gone through some tragedy. Um, you see early on, he lost his brother, who's... He doesn't have a line in the movie, but he's played by John Bernthal. And uh, he's been kind of lost since that time. He's uh, He's a fisherman, but he's been kind of doing some shady things to... Uh, make money and and be able to catch fish and stuff and he's again lost and and just kind of looking for his way in life basically what happens was Zach is on the run he he gets onto Tyler's fishing boat and while Tyler is kind of on the run as well Um, and so they forge this friendship through a series of things that happens throughout the movie uh, Eleanor is also on the on the run looking for for Zach at the same time. So uh, you, it's basically like a kind of like a road trip buddy movie and uh, a, a um, definitely like a family like a, a people finding family and, and making family type of thing. There's that type of story going on here. Um, there's also a little bit of wrestling going on. You see some appearances by some wrestlers, uh, old wrestlers, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Mick Foley, who's mankind. They they make some appearances in this as well. Um, overall, it's definitely like a very feel-good, uh, feel-good movie. Uh, a lot of good messages again about family and about uh, finding those people that you that you you know belong with in terms of you know who who you connect with the most. And not necessarily relationships. Even there's a little bit of that here, like in terms of love and relationships, the traditional relationships. But at the same time, there's a lot of other messages in there as well. Um, for, I, I really did like this movie a lot. Uh, I did have some issues though with. Like with with Shia LaBeouf and and Zach, um, both of them had, uh, in terms of like dialogue, it was hard to understand at times. And even like Jared, I, I confirmed this with Jared. He, I didn't know if maybe it was my theater or what, um, but some of the dialogue between the two, like Shia LaBeouf has a really like southernish accent in this movie, and he really goes for it. And he's very like just it almost sounds like he's putting words together and mumbling them at times. And I was like having trouble following it. And same thing with, with Zach. I mean, he does have Down syndrome, so that that you know kind of comes with the his you know performance. Uh, but at the same the same time, it you know it was kind of hard to understand what was was going on, especially between when both of them were talking. Very hard to to track all of it. So um, and then not very hard, kind of hard to track all of it. Also, the main issue I had with this movie though was uh, Shia LaBeouf's character. Uh, as I mentioned, he he goes through some hardship and goes through some crappy things but he's also not introduced as like the best person in the world um, a lot of the things he's doing in response to like him you know not going down the right path are are things that like to me seemed not necessarily irredeemable because they're not the worst things in the world but he just seemed like an asshole and the whole movie he's running from his problems and he never really like tries to solve it he just continues to run away and and never really tries to atone for anything he's done and so I never felt a lot of sympathy for him so even though he's doing nice things for Zach I also felt like this guy doesn't deserve <laughs> to, to be you know to be necessarily redeemed in a lot of ways he, it doesn't seem like he's learned anything from all this it just seems mm-hmm. like he's still doing shitty things uh, or at least did some shitty things and wasn't feeling bad about it so I had some issues with it and I, my expectations were very high hearing I've heard, I heard the the two writers and directors of the movie, and their story is super inspirational. Um, I've you know I've heard bunch a bunch of people review this movie saying it's the best of the year, and I didn't think that. I mean, again, it's a top ten for me, but I ne- I don't feel like it was the best movie for me by a lot. So 
I don't know. It's really good. I definitely recommend seeing this. You're going to feel good walking out of it. Some great performances all around. I thought Zach, which is his real name in real life, Shia LaBeouf, and Dakota Johnson, all amazing in this movie. Um, but I just thought it wasn't the uh, like best written movie. Uh, I think it had some issues. Um, so I was a little bit more critical of this one, and my expectations were a little bit higher than maybe if I just went into it fresh. So uh, definitely check it out, but just maybe lower expectations and don't expect it to be the best movie you've seen this year. I'm glad to hear you say that because I've heard the same things, and... Uh, I think I'll probably benefit from a little bit lower. I'm going to try to see this um, in a couple days here before it leaves my own theater. Uh, I, my, my main thing on this is is it's good to hear that uh, Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson are here are turning in good performances. You know, I think they're two actors who are very, very talented but have had their careers sort of marred in the public eye by you know, 50 shades and transformers and some of the other crazy shit that Shia LaBeouf has gone on and done. So it's good to hear Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, when the cameras are on, they're still doing very good work. And they're two actors that I've really enjoyed, um, in a couple projects. So good to hear that. And I'll I'll be catching this in a couple days, maybe be able to get my thoughts next week. Word. Um, the second movie is not a movie that most people have heard of, but again, a guy, I, uh, the director and writer of the movie, co-writer of the movie, I heard on a podcast, but the movie's called Loose, L-U-C-E, not L-O-L-O-O-S-E. Uh, Loose is a name of a person. Uh, he's the main character of the, of the movie. Basically, what what this movie is, though, Loose is a, he's like a star student. Uh, he he kind of has a crazy story, though. He's, he's adopted. And this is actually based off a play, so some people, I, I don't, maybe have seen the play, I don't know, but um, I don't think it's like a super popular pl- play either, but Luce is a star student, but he is adopted, and he comes from like a war-torn country or a city in Africa, and he was he was there until he was seven, so he was kind of in the stuff for a little while, and he uh, they they say you know he was he learned to shoot a gun and stuff like that, so he was kind of in war uh, essentially, uh, but he was brought to America when he was seven, and so for the last ten years at this point, this takes place when he is seventeen. Uh, he's been with this family, uh, Naomi Watts and Tim, Tim Roth, I think are the, the parents. Um, Naomi Watts is kind of the, more of the main, main, uh, character quote unquote for, for the family here, uh, compared to, uh, the father. But anyway, um, so he's brought there when, when he's, when he's, uh, seven. And now at this point when he's 17, again, he's like a star student. He's the valedictorian. He's, uh, every, you know, everyone kind of looks up to him. Everyone likes him a lot. Um, all the teachers love him because he's just, he's always working super hard and always trying to get the best grades. And, uh, he has one teacher in particular who's played by Octavia Spencer. Um, she uses him as an example, especially for different, uh, different ethnicities and is always kind of comparing him to, uh, some of the other students. Uh, there's uh, a student named Deshaun who's, uh, really good friends with Luce who uh, is is more of like a stereotypical? He's he you know he um, li- listens to more you know rap music and and doesn't have like perfect diction like Loose does. And so she makes an example out of him, saying like your your life is going to be harder because you because you you know you're not like Loose essentially. And so Loose in this movie he he doesn't like that. He he notices that Octavia Spencer is doing all that. And so. She also does it with other students. There's an Asian girl uh, who was Luce's ex-girlfriend who 
uh, had some things go on in her past that Octavia Spencer knows about. Her name's, I think, Mrs. Wilson is Octavia Spencer's name. Um, that that who she she knows about certain things and again makes an example out of her in in, in front of the class. She does this in front of the class and and everything like that. Luce doesn't like it because he, you know, he he's stuck in a place where he, you know, wants to to. Uh, he wants to do well and everything like that, but he also doesn't want to necessarily be the the example. He doesn't want to to be the the person who is who is essentially like the the token person there. You know that this this movie has a lot of different um, ideas and and um, tries to set up a lot of symbols about tokenism and and perception and stereotypes. And that that's the the whole base of the movie because the whole base of the movie is about Luce versus Mrs. Wilson or Miss Wilson. And he is, he doesn't like her throughout this movie. And he's constantly trying to do things to make her seem like the bad person while him still acting like the perfect student. And it's, it's a very, very interesting, very, uh, very thought provoking, very almost confusing movie at times because they, when they're showing Luce do these things, you don't totally, like, to, to set up Miss Wilson, you don't totally know what the truth is throughout almost the entire movie. And so you're sitting there guessing, like, did Luce do this thing or did he not? Is this something that maybe Miss Wilson did do or did she not do it? Like, the whole movie constantly puts you in that state of, like, what's real, what isn't. And... It's confusing, but in a way they intend. It's not like confusing, like, oh, this is a plot hole or something. It's confusing in a way that they intend you to be confused by. So it does question your thoughts about perceptions and, and the tokenism thing and the and the stereotypes because you don't know who is really right. Um, it's 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 a trip. It's it's. It's it is it's a thriller. It's almost a horror movie at times because some of these scenes with with Luce and Luce takes takes some of this stuff to an extreme level where you're don't know how he's gonna react, but he because he always has this face on, especially in front of the adults of like that perfect kid. But sometimes you'll see just a little tinge uh, of like even craziness. And again, they set up the story of like him coming from this war torn city where he you know had to shoot people. And now he's here, and is that part of him still in in him? You know, so there's there's this whole just like level of performance, and the character uh, the the character of Luce is played by Keith Evanson Jr. I think his name is. Um, you've seen him no in a way, that's bunch his name. of. We know we have a friend named what? Keith Evanson. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's Keith. Rare Keith. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm not saying that's not the actor's name, but that's that's funny that. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm probably I'm probably wrong. It's uh, Keith's. It notes I know it's Keith something Jr. Hold on, let me pull it up. I have it here, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Ke- Kelvin, there we go. God damn, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> Kelvin Harrison Jr. Um, you've seen uh, I butchered that one. Um, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Yet you've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's uh, he's like in Birth of a Nation. He he's been in a in a bunch of like kind of smaller roles. Uh, Mudbound, he was in last year. Um, but he he is he is incredible. He, he has my the best performance of the year in, in my eyes easily, Be, because he has to again, like I said, do that perfect that perfect student thing where he he has to always be proper and always be 
uh, on and always has to be the smartest guy in the room, but at this, and, and not do it in a dick dickheadish way where like, he has to be charismatic. Everyone has to love him. But then he also has these scenes where he cracks a little bit and he lets part of his real self show. And then he, he shows parts of his real self self to certain people, but not to others. And, um, he has, he has, he has three or four scenes in this movie where you're just kind of like clenched and you're on the edge of your seat. Like, what is he going to do? And then he, he makes these turns. There's one scene where like he goes in and out of this, this perfect person versus this kind of almost crazy person. And like, it's amazing what he does. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, Octavia Spencer is great in this movie too. Like she's she's awesome and she's an amazing scene partner for uh, for that guy. Um, but uh, but what he does in this is something I don't know if I've ever seen in a movie. It's 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 awesome. It's absolutely insane and it makes you feel like you're Octavia Spencer or the other adult. This is all not even just past this there's another th- a bunch of other themes in this but another huge one is like what do the parents do like the parents have a have a decent role in this movie again more Naomi Watts but you know like what does she do she sees these things happening with Luce like I see these trends in him but do I choose to believe them or do I not um, do I support him or do I you know try and discipline him do I you know what do I do for my son what do I you know he's already been through so much what how do I how do I how do I move forward from here with this? So there's that whole thing in there. It's there's so much in this movie um, in just an hour and forty some minutes. Uh, the performances are like I said are absolutely amazing. The writing is trippy. Uh, it's so tense. It's it's awesome. It's it's definitely one of the best movies of the year in my eyes. Um, there has to be some sort of recognition for for the performances at the very least. Um, it's it's incredible. So it, it's one that. I think should be viewing for, for everyone because it does talk about so many ideas that don't necessarily get talked about, you know, in terms of there's a lot of equality talk, but like once you get to that point of equality, like what, how should people act type of thing? Like there's, there's that whole idea there of like, how should people be acting, you know, in, in those situations? That's the big thing of it is, is the, 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 the perceptions and stereotypes and where they lie. But um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Definitely. I don't think it's going to be playing in a lot of places because it is, it is a much smaller movie, uh, even though it has some bigger stars in it. But if you can, you have to check it out. Man, that's that's a, a rave if I've ever heard a rave from Seth Ott. Um, I did. <laughs> I looked and this is playing um, about 30 minutes away from me uh, this week. So I that just catapulted to the front of my list because this sounds like something that's definitely up my alley. Um and so I'm going to, I'm going to check that out for sure this week. Um, the film is loose and, uh, it sounds like you're going to want to watch this one, especially if you're prepping for award season, uh, cause there may be some nominees here, but, um, uh, see, uh, do some Googling online, find out where you can see the loose. Uh, it's not going to be in a lot of places. Maybe, maybe it gets some buzz and gets a wider release later, but for now, uh, pretty small, but I'm surprised I've never heard of this movie until you told me you were going to see it the other day. Uh, especially for the cast that's involved. I mean, these are some real bangers. Mm-hmm. Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, and uh, and Octavia Spencer, of course. Um, but you know, small budget. You know, they didn't want to they didn't want to pump it out very much. But hopefully, it gets more recognition uh, as the fall mm-hmm. wears on uh, because it sounds like it was really well done. Yeah, super well done. I think that it is one that you might like. I said it's confusing. Like the 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 
the writing is purposely confusing because you it wants you to make your own thoughts and perceptions. So that might be conf- uh, might be uh, uh, frustrating for some people to watch. Um, I think that by the end of it, it becomes pretty clear. Like it, it, at least you kind of have a, an idea. Like there's certain things that I had to go back and kind of read and and kind of figure out, and that helped me enjoy it more too. Like it. You know, I, I had it at one place on my list for the year and, and moved it up after I continued to, to think about it and read about it. So it's one of those, like, you you do have to, like, think about it. And, and I enjoy that. That's that's definitely a feeling I, I like coming out of with these movies. So, you know, certain people might not like that. And that, that you know, that's I get that. That's not, you know, a lot of people do like to go to a movie and just, you know, have have it tell a complete story. I get that. And I enjoy that too. You know, ready or not to movie that does that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, a, I had, a, I had a really fun time with that movie, but loose is a, definitely a different type of movie. And I think is super well done. The acting is absolutely phenomenal. Definitely the best acting I've seen this year. And uh, it tells an, a, a message I think that needs to be told and uh, discussed. So yeah, that it's, it's a, it's a must watch. I love it. Uh, see loose. Uh, if you see anything, it's got the the biggest recommendation from Seth this week. Uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, also a thumbs up. And, of course, Ready or Not, go see that one as well, uh, in addition to Scary Stories and Good Boys, if you missed those over the past couple weeks. Uh, all good things. And a surprisingly good August, like we talked about. We shit all over August at the end of last month. And um, there were some winners here, for sure. Even Hobbs and Shaw, which I was not excited to see, um, was, was quite the ride. So it just goes to show that, you know, expectations – um, are often wrong. So you got to go see things, even things that weren't high on your list occasionally, especially when you have the time that we do. <laughs> so, uh, and don't, don't let the fact that the director of Julius Ona, don't, don't, uh, let the fact that he directed Cloverfield paradox hold you back. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like that movie. <laughs> um, that Netflix one that came out for the Super Bowl. He didn't write it though. So it didn't come from his head. He just directed it. And he didn't, I think he even talked about it. He didn't know, like what was even going on with that movie. It just kind of happened. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, this, this one was, was a lot more of his passion. I, I did hear again, like, like I said, I heard a podcast with him on it and he talked about how, you know, he heard, he saw the play and brought people in from the play onto the movie. And it, this was a passion project for him, especially he, I think he also came from Africa. He was, he was born there and, and kind of saw some of this type of stuff too. And this is something that he really poured everything into so uh, and again like you said I got a bunch of big actors into it too so well there you have it um, Cloverfield Paradox's butt if you forget all if you forget everything else uh, remember to not watch that movie because it kind of stinks <laughs> so uh, August is wrapped up and like we said it was a bit of a surprise but let's see what come let's see what's in store and coming down the pipe for September we got to get into the new release exam All right, here's my chance to shed the moniker of Cobra the Explorer and get back to being the co-host. The new release exam, if it's your first time, every month, Seth will quiz me on the upcoming films, uh, in this case, coming in September of 2019. Uh, Seth is going to list five films, and I need to get three of the five correct. And by correct, I mean that I need to come up with the release date, the director, and at least one actor from each of these movies. So uh, certainly certainly some bangers in the month of uh, September. 
And let's see which ones that you've uh, let's see which ones you've picked here. What do you got for us, Seth? Might only be a couple bangers in September. Um, the movies are Hustlers, Rambo: Last Blood, um, It Chapter Two. Hello. Um, Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. I know you're excited about that one. And Judy. Okay. I think I can get three of these. Uh, I want to start with Ad Astra because this is the movie that other than Star Wars is my top anticipated movie for the rest of the year. Uh, This has Cody written all over it. Uh, Brad Pitt is, of course, starring. I want to say the director's name is James Gray. Mm -hmm. And that's a September 20th release. Correct. Okay, sweet. That's one. Um, I'll now go ahead and do Rambo. Um, Last Blood, which, which, of course, that's the fucking title of this movie. Um, Last Blood. <laughs> Rocky Balboa himself, Sylvester Stallone, is back as the titular Rambo and um, comes out also on September the 20th, so a little counter-programming for Ad Astra. And let's see, the director, is it a- <laughs> a- Adrian? Is it Adrian Grunberg? You got it. Okay. <laughs> the I had the mnemonic. The mnemonic I had was, was Gunberg. But for whatever <laughs> for whatever reason, I, I it was going to gunman for a second. So I almost said Adrian Gunman, and then I couldn't remember that it was Adrian. Okay, so that was um, that was uh, Rambo. Um, I think I can get it. What were the other two? Uh, Judy and Hustlers. Okay, I don't think I know what Judy is at all. Um, but Hustlers, Ju- that's the Cardi B one, where they're strippers. Yeah, Cardi B's in it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I don't know who else, but there are a bunch of strippers that are going to steal some money or something. J-Lo. J-Lo, okay. Um, it's, uh, you probably don't know the director. No clue. Um, Is it Paul L- Feig? Lorene's, no. Uh, <laughs> he has Last Christmas coming out. Um, Lorene, L- Lorene uh, Scafaria, I guess her name is. No, no clue. And then September 13th. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I will miss that one. And then... And Judy, actually, I've seen the trailer for Judy a lot, and I actually am very excited for it. But it's about it's the bio, the Judy Garland biopic. Oh, that's right. Is that uh, uh, Renee Zellweger? It is. Yeah, I haven't seen her in ages. She, I know, but she looks incredible in this. It looks like she has to really go. There's a part that gets me in that trailer where uh, at the end she goes, "You won't forget me, will you?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and she she just I think she died like pretty recently. Um, Judy I'm Garland, not, right, not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, no, she she died a while. She was um, drug overdose. Like a, she was pretty young when she died. Oh really? Yeah. No, she she looks old in that. Am I thinking of the wrong Judy Garland? Yeah. She, well, I, she was forty seven, I guess, when she died. So she had she had lived out most of her Hollywood career, but died younger than she probably should. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, so that uh, that that trailer looks great. I, it it could very well be a terrible movie, but especially coming out in the end of September, but. Uh, you're get, that's getting kind of close to Oscar season at least, but I, that trailer looks great. I'm actually pretty excited for it. Rupert Gold is the director. Comes out September 27th. Okay, yeah, that's one. Uh, maybe it'll sneak in and get some attention, but a little bit of a surprise that a you know a biopic about Judy Garland isn't getting more attention uh, ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they ramp up the ads and or um, if there's some buzz generated by Renee Zellwe- Zellweger's performance. But uh, that could be an interesting one. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and finish this out. I think I can get it. Chapter two, uh, I'm excited to see this with you and uh, and our, our good buddy from the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. Going to be visiting Ben next week. Uh, Friday the 6th 
is going to be the release date and um uh i mean everybody and their brothers in this bill Hader, uh james mcavoy um a whole bunch of other people um and andy muschietti is the director on it too you got it all right that's that's me winning right that's it yeah for three for the win yes lebron james at the buzzer by the skin of my teeth, I got three out of five, which makes me the winner of this week's or this month's new release exam. So the co-host and so-host will be back next week, <laughs> and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and September is shaping up could be could be some pretty good stuff. I think there's a few bangers in there, and uh, especially it. I know one of your most highly anticipated films for the rest of this year, uh, and the same for Jared. Uh, two guys that not not traditionally into horror. But uh, I remember going with the two of you to it, the first one, and, and really enjoying it. So I'm excited to see the second one with y'all. Hiya, Cody. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this show up, uh, but we're not going to let you go without giving you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I, uh, I'll go first here with one more thing. And this is something that uh, happened a couple weeks ago. So, Seth, you may have seen this already. Um, but basically... Um, to set this up, um, I already know who's winning the presidential race in 2020, and it's a it's a name that you know if you listen to the podcast. Um, Seth, do you have any idea what I'm alluding to? It's a it's a campaign announcement for a new candidate that's going to be running in 2020. There's a lot of talk about the race in 2020. Sure, there's a lot of candidates in the running, but can any of them actually run? I mean, really run? I'm the last American movie star. No one runs like I do, and nobody opens a box office like me. And with your help in 2020, together, we'll dominate the ballot box. This is no stunt. <laughs> but if it were, I'd do all those for real. <laughs> Why vote for me? I'm not just your everyman. I've literally been every man. I've been a Navy pilot, a lawyer, and a Navy lawyer. My opponents will say I was a pimp in high school. It's true. But I grew up fast in NASCAR country. It started a small business, a sports agent, to set a better example. I know foreign diplomacy because I fought alongside the samurai. And I'm proud to serve our country, defending our planet against aliens twice. No? <laughs> Three times. I know this country top to bottom inside out. From here to here. Because I've lived its history. Literally, I did. It's a vampire. I feel the need. The need to lead. As your commander-in-chief, no mission is impossible. So help me. Help me help you to elect me in 2020. I'm just a patriot. My birthday? <laughs> the 4th of July. I'm Tom Cruise and I'm running for president of the United States. America, you complete me. Show me 2020! <laughs> I have Good watched God. that video no less than 10 times. Um, <laughs> and I will be writing in Tom Cruise on my um, on my ballot in 2020. So this is uh, Miles Fisher, 
who is a uh, celebrity impersonator, specifically a Tom Cruise impersonator. It, it's not actually Tom Cruise. Sorry, everybody. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this uh, this guy, Miles Fisher, uh, hell of views on this, a million and a half views. Uh, Tom Cruise parody presidential campaign. This is worth, even if you've heard it now, uh, worth a watch because there's some pretty fun visuals that go along with this. So that, that's my <laughs> one, I think. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I, I definitely uh, vote for Tom Cruise. Uh, I think we'd all have to probably convert to Scientology when he wins, but uh, I'd vote for him. I'd do it. <laughs> um, my my one more thing is someone who I'd also like to see be president. Uh, it's uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> and it's his. It's uh, talking about his new show on the USA Network, Straight Up Steve Austin, where he does some interviews. Uh, he brings on like one guest a week and, and does some crazy stuff with them. The first week on, he had Rob Riggle. Uh, they, they, <laughs> this episode, they, what they do? They ran over some cars with the tank, <laughs> and then made some fried chicken, and then uh, shot the uh, car doors that came off the cars with a machine gun, <laughs> and while all while Stone Cold is interviewing Rob Riggle, and then the next week was basically if I were to handpick a day to spend with Stone Cold Steve Austin, this is what I'd do. Uh, he, he was interviewing uh, Sal, Sal Volcana. He is uh, one of the guys from Impractical Jokers. Um, basically what they did that day, the first one was, was not necessarily like what I'd choose to do, but it's cool. Stone Cold and Sal rode in this car that turns into a boat. Like Stone Cold just drove the car into a, uh, the ocean and started driving it as a boat. It's like one of 13 of those cars that are in existence, and uh, Stone Cold drove it into the water. That was pretty cool. But then he went and did uh, trained Sal Volcano in wrestling. Like he went to a wrestling ring and showed him uh, some moves and did the Stone Cold stunner to a guy and uh, gave him a wrestling belt. Um, and then they did a, a, a beer beer tasting at, at, they were actually at the brewery uh, we were at the El Segundo no shit um, yeah they they tasted some some uh, Broken Skull IPAs which is a delicious tasty beverage and uh, played some keg bowling and uh, did a stone cold beer bash where they slammed beers together and, and drank them that's that's a, the entire day how I'd want to spend a stone cold Steve Austin that's pretty but, fucking uh, awesome he's a goddamn American hero man right <laughs> he is, but he's also a great interviewer because he's been doing a podcast for like five years now. So he's actually good at like interviewing, and and it's an interesting interview show. It's like different than than just a sit down interview thing. He goes goes and does stuff, and he gets it's kind of like that Hot Ones Wing thing, mm-hmm. which he was actually just on. I don't know if you've heard of this, but where they sit down and eat wings, and they get spicier as it goes on, and a lot of times you get kind of more interesting stuff out of people because they're more vulnerable with doing that stuff. Same thing here. And uh, it's it's cool. It's an interesting thing. He has more than just wrestlers on there. Like like I said, Rob Riggle, Sal Volcano, who's not super famous. He has Baker Mayfield on this week. Um, he's I know he's got like some wrestlers on. I think next week and some comedians and stuff coming on. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting show. So if you you have any interest in Stone Cold or and just a different type of uh, show like an in- interview show, I think it's worth checking out. It's fun half hour, fun weird stuff that goes on. So. Uh, fun watch Jeff, definitely check it out and for who's someone who's a huge Stone Cold fan like me it's great seeing Stone Cold on TV and I want to see more of it so watch it mm-hmm. uh, straight up Stone Cold or sorry straight up Steve Austin uh, you can watch it on USA or uh, DVR or whatever it comes on every week when, when's it on? 
uh, Monday nights after after Raw. There you go. Uh, it's a uh, I guess that's ten uh, ten o'clock Central or uh, eleven Eastern that time. There you go. Uh, see Steve Austin on USA and vote Tom Cruise to run the USA this week. And one more thing. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's gonna bring us to the end of a jam-packed episode 109 of the soco show this has been a fun one glad to be back here at the desk bloating the runtime um of the show uh getting all the extra bullshit in there that we need to add um uh, don't forget our sponsors of course audible trial mathis designs and mike's wood got to support all those new babies and um of course on the youtubes at jared buckendall you're gonna want to hit up all of his new videos uh reviews for all the movies we talked about today he did a ranking of the uh location has fallen movies with gerard butler and um uh, of course his new video podcast uh on youtube which is called movies and nonsense uh, two episodes of that on there as well so jared's working his dick off go over there and um show him some love subscribe to his stuff as well uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening to this podcast so you get new episodes every Thursday. And uh, we're going to keep on cranking them out. Hopefully I never have to miss again because I don't want everyone voting me off the show. But um, <laughs> it has certainly been fun to be back. And um, hopefully you guys listened to the entire two ep- two hours of this and not uh, didn't leave us after 40 like last week's episode did. But um, we'll be back next week. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have Seth Ott right here in studio in bend oregon so it'll be a a fun uh, opportunity for us to record in the same room again we rarely get to do it anymore so um make (laughs) sure you come on back for episode 110 uh in seven days but until then uh this for the last time has been cobra the explorer and for seth ott we will see you next week bye